Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You are now listening to the hottest true crime podcast in the streets. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder, the Equal Opportunity True Crime Comedy Podcast. I am Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. Oh, yes, wait a minute, Mr. Postman. Yeah, man, I'm the mailman. Can't you tell, man? Gonna post a- what up? Fran, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing good, man. What's up? Not much, man. You know, uh, I got to, uh, we're recording on a late night Saturday. Yeah. Uh, to uh, this episode and i'm coming back from my mom's i got to go my mom's officially out of quarantine okay so i went over cooked her some steak dinner cool me and sierra you know had we had some eggnog and you know just talked and laughed and just you know reminisced and all that kind of stuff had a fun time and then we came back here and you know here 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 to do this work man yeah so she's doing well she's doing very well she's doing very well yeah Um, we had a good time but now we're here to uh put in this work a friend how are you doing man Good. It's been uh countdown till Christmas. Countdown till Christmas. Is that yeah. what's going on there in your house? That's going on in my head because of work. So I'm like, did oh, I'm ready for this shit to just come and go. Yeah, it's already busy. I'm ready for this shit to just come and go. Okay. And um, So it's kicked up. Yeah, man. It's it's getting there. It's getting there. Um Will it get like is is it like a uphill battle? Like every day closer to Christmas it continues to get yeah, crazier and crazier. It, it, it'll be at its peak, maybe like a week before, because cr- Christmas is on a Friday this year. Mm. So it's going to maybe the week, the week before, up until like Monday, Tuesday, or whatever. Mm. It, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty rough. But powering through it, man. Getting this money, I'm racked up all these hours. Yeah, man. <laughs> uh, speaking <laughs> all of these yeah, hours. speaking of getting hours delivering mail, I do have a. A uh, bit of an update on the on the uh, uh, pod. Uh, what is what are we gonna call this? Podgate. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a message. Uh, my tracer investigation has come to a conclusion. Apple is us. Uh, All right. Sorry about that. Oh. Apple is sending me out a new pair of uh, headphones, AirPod Pros. Shout out to Apple for doing the right thing and concluding their investigation. Yeah. Um, I have an email that I would like to read. From a wonderful listener, you know, despite their um, profession, mm-hmm. despite their profession, they are a wonderful person. I won't hold anything against them. 
you know, you know, every you can't hold everybody under the umbrella. You know, what, they work for UPS or something. Yeah, <laughs> they, do. they do. I, I don't mention. Let's find any way to not say those letters in the acronym style. <laughs> so the subject is UPS. Uh-huh. Uh, the message is, hey, boys, I'm an UPS employee from Louisville, Kentucky. Without a doubt, we know when a package is Apple based on the battery symbol on the package, you know, mm-hmm. like I said, and the shape. Apple has such a unique ship, a unique shaped box that we know exactly what product is inside of the box without opening it. She sounds like a little bit grifty herself, but, you know. She's an affirminator, so I know that's not the case. But she's got an eye for clocking the different makes and models of the Apple products. Yeah. Makes me suspicious. Last year for Christmas, my family surprised me with an Apple Watch. But I knew what it was by the shape, of, by the shape alone. My friend, you may have been robbed. Mm. So um, that's just a little confirmation bias. You know, I don't, you know, that that's the, that's the end of the email. Of the, of the. The outside box of the shipping box. Hey man, I don't work for up. She does, so I don't. And and you work for mm. the the postal shipping. I don't. Not, I'm not familiar with that. Do you know if you handle many Apple products on no. a regular basis? You I wouldn't. I wouldn't recognize the box size. No. Well, I would say probably that might be a contract y'all don't have, because Possibly. I I ordered my MacBook from the Apple store and they mailed it to me. And maybe UPS delivers all the Apple products. So probably maybe you don't even. Get to know what the boxes come in as and everything. Yeah. Because y'all don't deal with the Apple products. Mm. But, you know, she does. And shout out to her. And thank you for, thank you for, um, not alleviating anything. Well, they <laughs> didn't. Confirming my fears. Yeah. Well, they didn't handle it either because they, they, they wasn't, nobody from UPS shipped it to you. I mean, delivered it to you. A UPS gave me a delivery confirmation. But they hired somebody else. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. I don't You're understand. speaking your mumbo jumbo courier package person thing. Yeah, yeah, Maybe it was a, you know, a outside driver like we discussed last week. Either way, my tracer investigation came to a conclusion mm-hmm. and they obviously have discovered that I was bamboozled by UPS yeah. and they will be sending me new AirPods. Yeah. So, well, if it was the United Postal Service, they would, you wouldn't have this problem, but you know, I know that carry on. I sent them a message on Twitter saying, Hey, Apple, can you not let those people handle my shit ever again? Yeah. Thanks fam. They didn't respond, but I didn't expect them to. But I mm-hmm. hope that they just got the message. Yeah. Um. Any- Somebody got a free pair of AirPods. Right. That's the cold blooded part of this whole thing. Yeah. Is that there's a pair of AirPods just that got swindled. Yep. Somebody's like, "Oops." Shout out to the swindle podcast. Keeping these scan delivered. Yep. Scan scan seal delivered. Yep. I'm yours. That's what he said to himself yeah. when he put them in his pocket. Probably deliver your next package with him in his ear or she. You come Ooh. up sing a sing, singing a rap song, Robert Forrest. <laughs> and I took that bitch's AirPod. He's listening to his own rap about robbing me. <laughs> AirPods, where I don't care. Pods, yep. Oh, dude, freestyling. Return to his house, dude. <laughs> like what? <laughs> Came song. back, brought the other AirPods. It's <laughs> like, wait, what? Here you go. Can you sign? You lucky I don't take these AirPods, stupid bitch. Okay, all right, okay. I see what's say it is. to his face. Then you walk <laughs> off. I'm like you, like wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah, so let's let's <laughs> let's hope this scenario does not come uh, come to uh, present to me in my face because I don't know what I would do. Uh, <laughs> uh, moving on though, Fran, I know you don't yeah. watch, I don't know you don't I know you don't watch TV, but I'm yeah. gonna use you as a vessel to just talk into the microphone to okay. the people listening. <laughs> cool. I finished the Undoing on HBO Max. Don't know what that uh, is. I know you don't, and you never will. Nope. Um, let me just say this fantastic limited series mm-hmm. six episodes 
Noah Jupe. I've liked this kid for some time. This is a really talented kid. I was glad to see him in the show. Fantastically written show. Hugh Grant, Nicole Kidman. Twists and turns and drama. It's crime. It, it, it The Undoing was a great show. I wouldn't be surprised if it really cleaned up at the Emmys. Uh, if you haven't watched, not you. Yeah. If you listening out there haven't watched The Undoing, I highly recommend it. Fantastic show. Six episodes. Every episode's good. And this kid, Noah Jupe's a star. You might know him from um, A Quiet Place, which I think you saw, right, Fran? No. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about it. No. What is this about? Can I get some context, please? Oh. Um, it's, it's like a murder mystery. There's a murder that takes place, and you're trying to figure out who did it. And it's, you know, it's got like this rich family versus poor family dynamic, mm-hmm. white versus white versus colored dynamic. And okay. what your socioeconomic status in life can get you out of. Mm. And it's, you know, you really, it does a really good job. Like you think, you know who did it. And then they throw a bunch of shit at you and you're like, maybe I'm wrong. And no matter of fact, maybe it's this person. And it really is a, it's a roller coaster ride. I really enjoyed it. Sounds like a great TV show. It is. I mean, if you ever get around to watching Lovecraft country, you will incidentally have HBO max. Maybe you can watch, the undoing. Yeah, and, stuff is on halt right now, man. I just don't have time to watch TV. I got you, man. I get it. I get it. I get it. But it's yeah. just like eventually, I assume there has to be the hold has to stop, and you get some time to just sit down and maybe don't watch ESPN that day. And got watch... keep up with my sports, bro. I'm talking to the <laughs> listeners. Then listeners, the undoing. It's a great show. Noah Jupe, as I said, you might know him from A Quiet Place. You might have seen him. Honey Boy did a fantastic job in that movie. Um. And he does a great job in this as well. So The Undoing on HBO, great show. Go check it out. Loved it. Fran, yes. we have some mail. Okay. We don't have a oh, mail yeah. jingle, uh-huh. but we do have some mail. Mm-hmm. Um, the first piece of mail came with a card that was uh, wax-dripped and, 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 and stamped with some kind of Medusa. Let me see. Yeah, I see that That's a lot. That's that extra... Yeah, what, yeah. I mean, what are you, a vampire? What do you mean you see this a lot? People do it on, on mail. Who are you? Who are your... I don't know. Who's your uh, mail on your mail route? A customer's a bunch of counts. Maybe. Okay. Oh, very uh, Victorian like sculptures card. Okay, cool. Alvin and Fran, your podcast is incredible. Thank you for covering more diverse cases with respect, yet, ooh, yet a touch of comedy and lightheartedness. I'm guessing this is in cursive. It's in something. Um. <laughs> It's like they use some kind of uh um Easy. feather? Yeah. Ink? Yeah. Yeah. Some kind of quill pen. Good luck with that. Yeah, uh um yes, uh lighthearted things at times. Like roller coaster, roller no sir discussion. I admittedly feel less alone in quarantine while listening and uh, and adore y'all's content. Hopefully y'all enjoy the and now my thumb is sweating and I'm smearing the ink. Hopefully oh, y'all en- y'all enjoy these books. I believe they're also available in audiobook format but it's all it's nice to have a tangible copy too mm-hmm. death's acre is about the first body farm Ooh, research facility i need that and, yeah and covers some interesting true crime and historical cases as well as an anthropology student oh shout out to you i love anthropology that's a great store i didn't know that they um you have to go to school to go work at anthropology that's weird um i used to volunteer at the facility at Sam Houston State. If you'd like to hear more about it, it's like 
Oh, it's more about what it's like. Sorry. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Pym is an incredible sci-fi adventure book in a somewhat similar vein as Lovecraft Country. Mm. So I'll take that one. Thank you all again and stay safe. Ariel E. Shout out to you, Ariel E. I see her a lot. She pops up on the Taco Tuesdays. Um, We have um, some correspondence on Twitter, too, I believe. She's super cool and her hair is red, so she's awesome. Um, Thank you very much, Ariel. These books are awesome. And me and Fran will take one each and then swap at some point once we finish. Uh, uh, We got another piece of mail, a little more uh, touching on our juvenile senses. Yeah. Uh, We got uh, a package from San Fran. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No pun intended. Yeah. Um, This one reads, I don't think they used a quill pen for this one. It's a little easier. Um, This one reads, hi, Fran and Alvin. I heard you asking about Japanese snacks on a recent episode. And Mm -hmm. since I live right by Japanese town in San Francisco, Mm. I wanted to share. The green tea Kit Kats were not available uh, or or, or were not to be found this year. I'm going to blame it on the pandemic. Why not? But hopefully you will enjoy this selection of treats. Uh, the chips were too challenging to send. You're probably understandable. You don't want them to pop, and then the air comes out. Then by the yeah. time you get them, they're stale. Yep. I get that. I understand that. Um, I was introduced to affirmative murder from your appearance on the Murder Squad. Shout out to mm. Billy and Paul and yep. Polly. Uh, and I've been enjoying catching up on episodes since then. I appreciate warm. I appreciate warm warming the humor. Born of a long. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm going to go to the next page. I'm sorry. I really, I'm, those words were very kind. I'm sorry. Um, of course, the true crime event is a staple. Of course, the true crime events that have been dis- disregarded due to racial bias. Um, I missed a really important part there because now it's something serious here and I feel bad, but I, I just couldn't read it. I'm sorry. Due to the racial bias. In the country. So she was probably touching on the racial. Th- I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, I very much appreciate your discussion of mental illness in the recent episode, 154. I have mental illness on both sides of my family, and my father is a paranoid schizophrenic. Wow. Oh, man. Well, shout out to you. Wow. Um, prayers to your dad. You know, um, it, it, you know, you can absolutely lead a perfectly um, normal life. If you get, you know, your balance right and everything like that, and I'm sh- which I'm sure he uh, does. And it sounds like, you, you know, you're right there in this corner take, helping take care of that. So shout out to you. Um, but, yeah, my, my father's a paranoid schizophrenic who got shot by an. Oh, Jesus Christ. Never. Damn. Who got shot by an off duty policeman because he was in. A bar with a shotgun. He was having us. I don't know if I should be reading this on the podcast. I don't I'm I feel bad. I'm going to keep I'm going to keep reading. it. I don't. It didn't say, like, don't read this. Jesus Christ. Uh, He was having a psychotic break and was paranoid. You are butchering this. I know. I'm sorry. And it's, like, such a serious part of the thing. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't know what that is. Her dad was having some kind of mental episode. I'm really sorry to hear that. Wow, that's really intense. Um He's lucky to have survived. Jesus Christ. This is, this is a whirlwind of a fucking letter. I hope you don't mind me reading this. Jesus Christ. Wow. He's lucky to have survived. That makes me feel so, I was like, I don't think I'm going to have to de- cut, cut all this because I'm really putting this woman's information up. Yeah. But I mean, that's a that uh, that's a twist that I didn't expect. He's lucky to have survived and that with with medication, 
and therapy has managed to live a stable life. A miracle, really. Yeah, absolutely a fucking miracle. Wow, that's amazing. And then the stem is a stable. Uh, thanks again. Yeah, yeah. Thanks again for being an important part of the true crime podcast movement. And I look forward to hearing y'all's voices each week while being one of the fortunate remote workers during the pandemic. Rock on Shoshana. Shout out to you, Shoshana. I'm not going to yep. say your last name. A recent affirminator. How could I not support when you get such an excellent name of recognition? Yeah, and then there's stickers on here. There's a some kind of um, some some type of marsupial eating a cookie and an owl. Mm -hmm. So thank you, Shoshana. This the this the snacks were abundant and unique. Yeah. Those fucking treetop chocolate things, bananas. We haven't tapped into the black chocolate yet, but we look forward to cracking that open. And high chews. I'm always a fan of high chews. Love those. Thank you so much um, for uh, you know reaching out and, and sending us stuff. The books, the books will be cracked open, and we'll really dive into those. Yeah, and we'll maybe you know read the books while we eat the delicious um, delicacies. Thank you very much, Shoshana, and thank you very much, Ariel, um, friend. Also, we got some uh, celebrations to do. Okay, and thankfully, I don't have to you know butcher people's letters because yeah. you know the computer wrote out the formats of the names using their technology and yeah. not their own handwriting. No, no shade thrown. All right. Now, I don't know exactly where we left off last week, so I'm going to read the name that I know was probably the last name that we read. Okay. But you're going to get a double shout-out. So yeah. we're going to start off. Shout-out to Tessa H. Tessa, shout-out to you. Thank you for being an Affirminator. We really appreciate you. Uh, up next, we got Ronica S. I think that's short for Veronica. Yeah. I like how you do that. that. I didn't know you could do that with that name. You know, you get like, if your name's like, you know, uh, you know, uh, Madison, you can be Maddie. Yeah. I didn't know you could do that with Veronica. And she did it. And it is Ronica. Shout yeah. out to you. Uh, up next, we got Amanda. I don't want to say her last name, but it rhymes with Boss. Shout out to the uh, 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 Rick, mm. Rick the Boss. Yes. Uh, up next, we got Amanda. I'm sorry. Amy L. Shout out to you, Amy L. We appreciate you. Thank you very much for the support. Up next, we got Paul B. Shout out to you, Paul B. I fuck with, that's not really much, that name's biblical. There's not really much to be said. It's like sturdy, you know, it's like, it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like built for tough. There's not really much to say about that name. Yeah. I don't know if you can nickname that name. It's already one syllable. There's nothing, there's no, you can just be P. PB. You could be PB. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, PB and J. Yep. Uh, up next, we got uh, Shonda or Chanda. I'm going to go with Shonda. I'm going to go with my instinct and say your name's Shonda L. Shout out mm -hmm. to you, Shonda L. Uh, uh, up next, we got Cheryl G. Cheryl, Cheryl? G also right. reached out by email just to sing our praises and say thank you for what we do. And, and Great. she appreciates us. And thank we you. appreciate you. So thank you for not only joining the Patreon, but just reaching out and with some extended words of kindness. Thank you very much. Sorry, I had a burp. Uh, lastly, uh, we got Kishana B. Shout out to you, Kishana B. Uh, much love. You're looking like you're very studious in your picture. I think you're wearing some kind of um, um, smart spectacle frames. I, I appreciate the way they frame your face, and we appreciate the way that you joined our Patreon. Um, that's uh, it for this week. Um, thank you to everybody. Thank you. for, for Listen. For listening, yeah. for joining the Patreon, for what anything. Thank you just... Thank, thank you for just being supportive. We really appreciate it. We, re we really are just two college dropouts <clears throat> trying to learn a little bit about yeah. the world. That's, that's, that's all this is. So we really appreciate anybody who, you know, enjoys what we do and gives us the, you know, the grace and the patience to try and learn. So, uh, yeah. Um, Frank, you got anything else? No. Did you hear about the 
the bodies have been found in Baltimore City? That's I need more context than that. I mean, they they like they found the lady's body. Well, I don't even, I don't even know. I guess you could tell, but it was a body with no head, no hands. No. And then he ended up in finding, the abandoned houses. No, it was like in the woods, in the woods somewhere. Somebody, some people that work in the building there found it, like walking or whatever. No, I didn't and hear about this. It was under this. like a tarp, and they didn't. They didn't found some more bodies. It's crazy. Listen, man, was yeah. it was it Leakin Park or? I don't think so. No, man. I that the wire. They talked to some people who know some mm. shit. Like they talked to some street people. It's this city has some dark corners, man. Mm. I would assume that those. I like. I haven't even read the story, so I'm just. I'm just speculating. Yeah, I would assume those are hits, or, you know, no head, no wit, hands. Wit, witness, That's crazy. Witnesses. Yeah. You know. You know. Cause you know, no witness, no case. Yeah. You know. So I would assume those are no people. face, no cases with uh, King Montez. Uh, no comment on that guy. Um, I'm, you know, I'm sure. That's, shout, what, shout, I, that's what he said. Is there. To, that's all out, I'm saying. Shout out to him and rest in peace to him. And and, and I, res- I respect every. You know, Chicago is great. I was just repeating the lyric. The Bean and Chicago is great. And pizza, deep dish pizza. Yeah, I haven't I been there. So. I mean, and I won't. I won't be. Yeah, me either. Going there. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, King Von. Um, and the bodies and no, yeah, yeah, oh, that doesn't surprise me. And also, wouldn't be surprised if those are you know witnesses. Yeah. Or, you know, people who. Saw something they weren't supposed to see. What we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some fucked up shit. So stick around. Welcome back. It's my time to go first this week. My affirmative murder this week is about Deanna Hunter of Bus Drivers. That's like the whole person's name? That's what... Well, they don't know... We don't know who this person is. But that's what the name... They assume that... She gave herself Deanna Hunter yes. of bus drivers. Yes, or with the media, the name of the media gave her. Got it. This is these one of these stories I like too. It's like, it's um, like a Game of Thrones name. Um, stories that I like are you know you know I like cold case cold case files uh-huh. and you know cases where it's like this person has like multiple personalities. Sure. I also know also like in like if it was like listed from one to three, mm-hmm. three would be. Vigilante type stories. Ooh, I okay. love those. Some Bernie love those gets shit like a person that's like, I can't take this anymore. Correct. Got Just it. like I did of, um, Akeen Marietta was one of my favorite stories I've done of which who is the story that was based off Zorro. Yes, that was Just a great one. Something like that. That was a great one. Yeah, yeah. So here we go. Um, so this was I got this from um a site called thisamericanlife.org. Mm-hmm. This is written by um. Um, uh, male or female, I'm not sure. Uh, Yuri uh, Herrera is the the writer of this 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 article. I got it from. Okay. So this the first murder happened at 7:45 a.m. on August 28th on the bus route 4A of this year. No, 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 no. no. Oh, um, I can tell you. Actually, doesn't you'll happen. get just fine. Like, yeah, I, just, yeah. I didn't know. You know. Um. Yeah. So on the bus route 4A, the morning. That morning, a woman um, hailed bus 718, climbed the steps, pulled a gun, and shot the driver. Just as soon as she got on the bus? As soon as she got on the bus. Getting right into it. Shot the driver. Uh The driver jumped out of the bus trying to escape but died on the sidewalk. The killer, witnesses said, was a middle-aged woman with dyed blonde hair, or maybe it was a wig, wearing a cap, 
plaid shirt and jeans. Nobody saw how she escaped, or at least nobody would say. Yeah. Based on the story that I know so far, mm-hmm. I think Wig. nobody just wondered. Nobody oh, nobody wanted to be the next per- victim of this crazy person. No, nobody just wanted to say. You'll you'll figure out. You'll you'll see as I go on. You'll see why I'm saying that. Got it. The second murder happened 24 hours later on the same route. A woman boarded the bus downtown a few blocks later requested a stop. She walked towards the exit and motioned as if she were looking for the bus fare, but instead drew her gun, spat spat words into the driver's ear, and shot him twice in the head, then fled the scene. So she got like real up, real close up on him and said something specifically to that person. Blew his brains out. Wow. Two shots to the dome. Then that's the end of that bus route. There, this shouldn't be a like the <laughs> third day. Another bus driver came down that same bus route. Yeah, that's pretty. Know, that's you're gonna have to shut this. Bu- yeah, that's it for that. Yeah, yeah. So one day later, a new website from El Paso called La La Polka La La Polaca, okay. which specializes in covering the political gossip of of Juarez, received an email. So she did write, she write, this is what they say, she she write the email, but nobody knows if this is from her. Or just like a, or just a like somebody person yeah. trolling or something. Yeah. <clears throat> the email reads, you think that because we are women, we are weak. And that may be true, but only up to a point. Because even though we have nobody to defend us, we have to work long hours until, we have to work long hours until late into the night to earn a living for our families. We can no longer be silent in the face of these acts that enrage us. We were victims of sexual violence mm. from bus drivers working in uh, Maquila, which is, I'm guessing, is like a town, um, uh, night shifts here in, in Juarez. Although a lot of a lot of people um, knew about uh, knew about these things we've suffered. Nobody defended us, nor does anybody, nor does anything to. Anything protect us. That's why I am an instrument that will take revenge for many women. Oh, wow. For we are seen as weak, but in reality, we are, we are not. We are brave, and if we don't get respect, we will earn the respect with our own hands. We, the women of Juarez, are strong. Okay. The email was signed some, by someone called herself Deanna Hunter of Bus Drivers. Okay. This year marks the 20th anniversary of the first disappearance of young woman in Juarez. Or at least when people started recording these disappearances and considering them as being related after a 13-year-old girl was kidnapped and then found dead with signs of rape and strangulation. By bus drivers? By bus drivers. Yep. So this is a these are this is a Mexico bus yes, driver story. Bus drivers. So Right, right, yeah, but I'm just saying I don't know why I thought you said California at first, mm. but so it's in Mexico. Yes. And in Mexico, the bus drivers, I guess if you stay on the last stop, I'm trying to understand like what, why, 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 what, 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 what access does a bus driver have? I would assume would it would be, to. yeah, like they, um, maybe like one of the, one of the last, one of the last on. people on before the last stop days. Uh, take advantage of these women and yeah. rape them and kill them and then uh, dump their bodies. I'll get to that. So after that, the number of women who were killed just kept growing. 
it went from dozens of reported murders in a year to hundreds. So many women, so many women, um, it was hard to count accurately. In 2010, the number peaked at least 304 women were murdered that year. The circumstances of these crimes, of the crimes were eerily similar. One day, a girl would disappear on the way to work or on the way home. And if they were, and if they, if there was news about her, it would be when her body was found in the desert or an abandoned lot. Often with traces of rape and torture, sometimes they were found together in mass graves. Oscar Maynez, who worked some of these cases in, uh, as a criminologist, explained to me the way the authorities became complicit in the, in the murders. First, they denied the problem, he said. Then they played it down. And finally, they blamed the victim's lifestyle and their families. The the, um, That just seems to be like a universal police tactic. Yes. The criminologist resigned. He says, after realizing his his superiors were more interested in covering up investigations and tampering with evidence than in finding justice. Shout out to uh, my guy Oscar for being like, hey. This isn't right. This is not right. And I'm I'm out of it. I'm not. I'm cleaning my hands. I'm not part of this. Yeah. I just, I would love to know, like you say, 2010, 300 and something. Like, are they saying bus drivers, I'm ass, I'm assuming they're saying bus drivers are a contributing factor to women being assaulted yes. in Mexico. There's no way they're saying, like, that was all, all bus, bus drivers. drivers. Yeah. But, like, it's just, like, the maybe the machismo element of Mexican culture is, like, women are things and you can do what you want. So a bus driver violently assaults women. Of uh, this working person yeah. violently, but like the bus driver is a percentage of yes people that do this. Yes, Spe- well, especially I guess I guess it on de- it depends on case to case where it goes. Like, well, the last time I saw her was getting on, on the a bus, bus on the way home. Got it. Got yeah. It, got it, got it. Um. So when I heard about when I heard about the case of this woman, this um Diana, who supposedly was trying to do something by herself. I wonder, after all these years without justice, if woman in Juarez would look at the um, Diana and say, it's about Diana time. Diana Hunter, about drivers. Yep. Diana Hunter, um, about drivers. Say, at, <laughs> Diana, and say, it's about time. So I went there, I went down there to ask them. As you can imagine, most of the women I approached to get their opinions were reluctant to speak to a stranger about the woman who'd murdered bus drivers. They will say, quote, I know nothing about it, said a woman with a small child on the bus only to fix her eyes on the back of the seat afterwards and not glance in my direction again. Mm. Another one said, I have no opinion about that. Um, was another one that said um, briefly, I mean, that said this before quickly entering the mall. Mm. But also one day I got this answer. When I heard about what she did, I said, how great that someone's doing what many of us should have done. This was Laura, a 25-year-old pregnant with her second child, when I asked her, if you were to run into Diana on the street, what would you say to her if you knew it was her? She said, without a doubt, I will congratulate her. There is a sense among the general population that bus that buses are a bad place to, to be by yourself. Just this week, a bus driver was arrested for allegedly raping a girl on her way to school. Get out of town. Yep. About this, Laura said. I remember when I was in high school and I would hear a lot about it. My friend would say to me, if you're going to go on the on the route or the route, no one's there. Take a pen with you with the point facing outward because you never know. 
that's been happening for years and it's the same for the ladies working in um um in the in the um Michalis. Now with that, when I read that, I was thinking you said this multiple times on this podcast was go for us, we never think about as a as a as a as a male. Yeah. We never think about oh, we should be you know, watching our back or at all having something in our hand just just in just in case. I remember one time we took the bus and we 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 overrode the bus route. We were supposed to change buses or yep, something. I remember like that. this. Yep. It was it was like eleven thirty at night. Yeah. The bus driver was like, "Where are y'all trying to go? Y'all was and then we were like, we were trying to get here. It's like y'all were supposed to get off and go to this bus route. Yeah. Stay on the bus. There's nobody on the bus. It's just us. Yep. I'll take you to the to there. Yeah. Shout out to dude too. Shout out to that dude. To do that. And then we had to like duck down because he was like, "Y'all got to yeah, stay low." Because so nobody's, nobody's supposed to be on the bus. Yep. He could have. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? Like he could have been like, sure. "I'm driving you to the sex trafficking of little boys part sure. of the town or yep. whatever." You know. But I didn't give that a thought at all. Right. It's just not something I thought of at all. So this story is like, I didn't even think that. So when you're just like, they're talking to people. There's like, yeah, 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 no. Um watch yourself on the bus. Yeah. It's just like not even a thought I, I've had ever yeah. in my life. That's yeah, great. Like, it's, it's fascinating to me. Like to, to tell my, hey, you need to take a take a weapon or whatever you have. Yeah, and keep it on keep you. Keep it in your hand. And be just, ready. And just just in case, because nine times out of ten, it might happen if you're alone that's, on a bus. That's wild. Like the, the only dangerous bus driver I've ever seen is the you're going to jail now guy. Oh, that yeah. guy that uppercutted that, that, that girl. girl. I mean, yeah. he uppercutted the soul out of her. Yes. But... That was he. He was like, in, he's like, he was like instigated. Like that was a fight. Yeah. The idea that there's bus drivers just like, I'm gonna pull off here and like put the car in park and like assault like somebody noise, on the yeah, bus. Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy to me. It's not even a concept I even I even entertained. Right. You know, because it's and it's like I I have to assume it's not a solely a, a a Mexican bus driver thing, right? Because there's buses like if you go to an Ocean City or any kind of beach town, there's buses that like shuttle people up mm-hmm. and up and down the main street all night long and there's drunk girls getting on the buses and you know so i'm sh- just this concept of bus drivers having that like a bus driver having that inclination to do something like that is like i mean they do come across scenarios where there's vulnerable women on their on yeah. their bus so that could happen in any country yeah you know it just happens to be your this mexican story that you're telling me is shining a light on me but that's i never would have even thought like oh yeah Watch out for bus drivers. Yeah, because this is happening in uh, Juarez. Was I'm guessing it's a city. Yeah, in Juarez. Mexico. Yeah, there's a, um, a lot of um, cartel action going yeah. on. Well, I was about to get to that. That's okay. a it's a that's a popular area for like drugs and cartel and sex trafficking. So, oh, so they could be pulling the, the buses up. That's what the, I was about to say. It okay, could yeah. it, that, that it all could have them. a connect connection with that. Yeah. And they have a play. They probably I'm sure they probably play a part. Yeah, if it that's could be just a, them getting. Uh, hey, I brought you a girl. Yep, and give me my cash and it's payout. like. The easiest way to do it. Yeah. Um, wow. I didn't. Yeah. Okay. I thought this was just like. Yeah. No. This in this town of Juarez, the bus the bus drivers are just like demented. I didn't even think. Yeah. No. It's like sex trafficking is one of the most profitable businesses in the world. Yep. A bus driver could go. Oh, this there's a pretty girl on my bus. I'll just drive her to where the cartels hang out. Yeah. And they'll give me money to do that. That's like my little side hustle. Yeah. I I help kidnap women. Yep. Wow. Um, yeah, so there's no evidence that the bus drivers who were killed by the blonde woman had actually committed a crime at all. But Laura didn't seem concerned about that. In a city where justice rarely brings results, maybe at some point you settle to get the justice available to you. 
Just a couple of weeks before Diana the Hunter case, Laura's younger sister, Maria Alejandra, 20-year-old, suffered a home invasion. A man slipped through her bedroom window. Hearing that shit is crazy. There's some video, I'm not sure if it's real or not, there was some girl dancing in her apartment, and like a dude just came in through the window while she was making a TikTok. And she's like, what are you doing? He's like, hey, uh, can I come in? Are we friends? What the hell? And she had to like, she like ran and kind of put one foot in the apartment and one foot out into the hallway. Yeah. It's like, can you leave, please? Yeah. It was just, cr- I, I mean, that's just, terrifying. I have no idea what it's like to be a woman in this world, man. I just really like. Not even to be a woman. Did you hear about what happened to uh, DeMar DeRozan recently? Some, he's like chased somebody out of Somebody walked in his house. Just walked in the house? Somebody just walked in the house. Went upstairs and like he was like face to face with him because he heard like a, a commotion going on. I'm guessing uh, chased him out. The guy left. Whoever the, I'm guessing this guy was was on one. Yeah, came back and his intended target was Kylie Jenner's house. They apparently they live in the same complex, but he went to the wrong house. Wow. And I was like, that's that that's is wild. nuts. But again, now you say not just women. But Man. that was a mistake. But that was a mistake. That was a mistake. He didn't but mean he was like, yeah, 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 the yeah, fuck yeah, is true. this six five ass dude? I'm, where's Kylie Jenner? At? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, true, like true, true. so. I mean, that's crazy. But we know who his his intended target was, and it wasn't Demar Derozan. No, what well, damn sure wasn't Demar Derozan. It was Kylie and, Jenner. And if that guy wasn't any kind of sizable. I'm sure it didn't take much for him to get him out of the house. He's like, oh, yeah. my, my bad, bro. My bad. Yeah, yeah. My bad, man. But, I mean, that could have turned any, you know, oh, still. Oh, that could have went, yeah, yeah, no, cr- like, went super just, sideways, yeah. man. Um, so, uh, yeah, Maria Alejandra, 20 years old, suffered a home invasion. A man slipped through her bedroom window in the, um, in the night armed with a gun and tried to rape her. Oh. She recognized him. He lived in the neighborhood. After the man left her house, Maria told her sister what happened and this part that comes up is, you know, uh, we've heard this um, multiple times and it's just it's just sad. So he lived in the neighborhood after the man left her house. Maria told her sister what happened and she was going to report it to the police. Laura told her not to do that. What for? They knew how the police worked. It's, it's a waste of time. And she said they won't do anything. Yep. Uh, I told her not to go, not to expose herself. Laura told me. Because they would ask questions and check her. I think between the police, they've created a sort of code. You basically are putting yourself out there to suffer one humiliation after another. My father was with us. He wanted to go kill him and my husband too. And me too. I said, I'll kill him. Um, I said, I'll go and I'll kill him. Mm. Since we know who it is, we're going to go and do it with our own hands. But despite Laura's pleading, Maria, after talking to her friends, decided to go to the police anyway. And things went down exactly as Laura predicted. Even though the doctors had said that there was evidence of sexual assault, she says the police questioned her as if she was making it all up. Mm-hmm. Why, didn't she, why didn't she have bruises? What took her so long to report the intrusion? I would have, I would have, almost, I would have to almost be dying from them to investigate, Maria Alejandra um, says they told her. Yeah. What? Full, yeah. Full disclosure. Somebody brought it up recently, probably like this past week and on the um, Facebook pro um, Facebook group. Um, there's a Netflix show that came out last year about a girl that gets raped in her apartment mm-hmm. and I couldn't finish it. I probably watched two episodes. It's like, it's so mortifying to see. And it's very accurate where they're like, 
it's like embarrassing. Yeah. Like they, they bring you to an interrogation room and you know, the police interrogation tactics where it's like, they're kind of rapid fire asking you questions. Yeah. Like you said it was dark in your apartment, but how'd you see what color the shirt was? It's like, wait, what? Yeah. Uh, why are you, why are you like, like why do I feel, it. yeah. Why do yeah, I feel yeah. like you're trying to catch me lying? Yeah. You know, and they do that a lot and just, the psych the psychology of the aftermath for the girl herself like what it's like to you know it's like now you're like scared and twitchy and you don't trust your environment you know and it was it was really accurate and i know it's an important watch and because i I like to say stuff on this podcast to hold myself accountable and now that i have said it i feel like that will make me go back and finish it because i do think that's important like we come on this podcast and we talk about like i didn't even know bus drivers girls feel not safe on the bus it's like okay well if we're gonna say stuff like that then we should try to any opportunity that we have to really understand that deeper Mm -hmm. i think we should take advantage of it i I don't think i have the right to just be like well that was hard that's a hard watch so i'll just never watch that i don't want to feel what that's like i don't i don't i don't have to feel what that's like so i just won't so um i can't remember the name of it right now but people listening know what i'm talking about but I'm going to check that out because that's, I mean, what you're just described, they depicted in this TV show yeah. on Netflix. It, it really, it really is. It's like, you have to, you have to put yourself completely on front street, get a DNA, a rape kit, all these things, answer all these questions and nothing still might come, come out of it. So it's like, you put yourself all the way out there, embarrassingly answering these questions. Yeah. And, and that's what her sister was telling her. Yeah. 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 Uh, so Laura was angry. Now the opportunity of revenge was gone. I said to her, I told you we should have done something before because now if we took action, they would know, they would know who did it mm. because that's how justice works here. The victims are the ones that are in jail. Mm, wow. Cause now it's on the record yep. and you've probably said a name like it yep. was this person. Yep. Cause she said she knew who he, who he was. Yep. Yeah. In 2001, police did apprehend a bus driver, Victor Garcia Oribe. He was arrested with a colleague and accused of murdering eight women wow. who were left in an, um, an old cotton field. He denied any involvement in the killing, but the police kept questioning him. Finally, after long hours of interrogation, he confessed to taking part of those murders and, the, and in the, taking part in those murders and in the murders of um, three other women. Yes, he said he enjoyed killing them. Yes, he said they did it under influences of marijuana, cocaine, and alcohol. Yes, they loved to rape them and kill them, and then they were thrown away. They then they would throw them um, afterwards in an empty field. You got something to say? Oh. All of that sounds evil, mm-hmm. and it's super likely that he meant all of that. It's also possible because they're in Juarez, and the pressure comes on that the cartel theory is not not in play with a guy like that where they go, hey, man, look, you were getting money, you know, all that kind of stuff. The heat's on. You got to eat that. That's 100. That's a, that is that's a, that's possible. I don't want to, like, give him an out to say yeah. he's not this evil piece of shit who said these evil things. But sometimes you got to eat the shit. You got to eat the case. Yeah. And why? Since since you're going to eat those, eat these three more. So that we're we're clear when they when they find those two, we're going to get ahead of that. So we don't got to worry about those either. You're going to eat all. 12 of these and then you're going to be good in prison. We're going to make sure you're okay and taken care of. You know, it's like sometimes it's like it's either those are the two deals. Either that or we if you say it was not you and somebody else, if you say a name, we're going to chop you up and put you in a barrel. Yeah. 
I'd rather eat some ramen soups and in jail <laughs> than than be cut up and put in. Oh, a barrel. for sure. You know, I, you know, they don't just like cut you up. They do all kinds of crazy oh. shit. I'm not even gonna go into detail. Uh, but two days later in court, Garcia did a couple. I'm sorry, did a complete 180. Mm. Again, he denied that he was involved in any of the murders. Mm. He said he only confessed because officers had kidnapped him, taken him to the police academy, and tortured him until he did. He said they'd beaten him, mm. burned him with cigarettes. Still, the judge convicted him and sentenced him to 50 years. In 2005, Garcia was freed after it was proven that the authorities had tortured him into confessing. Oh, wow. This was some criminal misjustice? <laughs> wow. that was I didn't see that coming. Wow. Yeah. So this was some Innocence Project shit. Yep. El Project de Innocence Zones. Yeah. Wow. Damn. Yep. That's crazy. There was, he, got, he got railroaded by the system. Yeah. At first I was like, nah. You didn't believe it at first? Nah. What if they say they got... Hey, man, him? police. Sometimes beat, police beat confessions out of people. That yeah. Uh, so what makes me laugh, Laura told me, is how the bus drivers are so scared. That's what really makes me laugh. I didn't see this myself, but Maria Alejandra says she's seen bus drivers who posted a sketch of um, Diana near their dashboards. And when a woman who looks like um, her tries to board the bus, they don't let her in. Now, they don't have a uh, a picture or some type of sketch yeah, of so who it just would, could be any It woman. just could be a blonde lady, a lady with just a blonde hair, a wig, with a hat. Dressed like Roseanne. Yeah. With a flannel shirt on. Yeah, with a hat and a plaid shirt or whatever. Yeah. And that's it. It's like Batman just struck fear in these people. Yeah. But that, in a way, protects a lot of women. Yeah. Because they're like, I don't, this could be. Her. I'm going out and buying a blonde wig and a hat and a plaid shirt. And getting on all the buses. Getting like all that. the buses. Yeah. Because now you're terrified. But now they probably won't let me get on now. Yeah. Now, now you can't get anywhere. I mean, you're safe, but you can't get to work on yep. time. Um, uh, yeah, so they, they if they saw a woman that looked like her, they didn't let her board the bus. They don't, and they didn't let her in. She says they close the doors quickly now, and she's heard that some are carrying knives on them. You know what it is, Laura said? It's this country. People don't have balls. That's why my dad has always said, uh, Lord told me, we don't have balls, he says, because if we, had, if we had a little bit more balls, many things wouldn't be happening. We don't express what we think, we don't express how we feel, and we don't act in coordinates with what we think. And that's our problem. That's what we are lacking. So I asked her, but wait, weren't you on the verge of taking things into your own hands with your sister? Yeah, but I'm not that kind of person who would, who would do it. Sure, in the moment I reacted and I thought about it, but I would never do that. I would never try to kill anyone. It's not who I was brought up, and I'm not like that. This person sounds like Diana, the the bus the the, uh, the bus driver mutilator, what was the, the hunter bus, of buses, the hunter of bus drivers. Yeah, that was a real. <laughs> that was a real like me, Batman. Yeah. <laughs> never. I'm a billionaire playboy. Why would I be riding, running around in a Batman costume? Like right. The way she said that was very much like, I would never, wink, do that. That would be crazy. <laughs> uh, so while I, while, um, I was in Juarez, I spent more time riding the buses um, on Route 4 than doing anything else. These buses, the Juarez public transportation buses, are old school buses imported from the U.S. They are noisy, old buses, Reasonably clean, but in a state of decaying that everyone accepts. I rode in the back of the bus and in front of the bus. I rode it at the time of the killings, in the morning, and late 
and late at night when the last bus was about to finish the route. Sitting there, I wondered if the guy driving my bus was scared at all. Nervous. I wondered if in moments on his route, he was thinking about Diana, Diana the hunter, and the words she said to the second bus driver on the morning of August 29th. Ustades se green boy chiongues. Means, you all think you are so tough. That's what she said to them. And then clapped And then clapped him. Jesus Christ. Yep. That's cold. Yep. Right before shooting the bus driver twice in the head and running away. She hasn't been spotted since. And there's no proof that the email signed by Diana actually came from the woman who did the shooting. Whoever chose Diana's name chose well. Diana the Hunter is the goddess of women in childbirth who, like many other Roman gods, acts out of basic human feelings like rage and revenge. There is one, there's, there is on one of Mexico's most famous streets, a statue of Diana the Hunter. So the statue is, um, it depicts this, like this, this, this goddess of a woman, mm-hmm. um, just with a, she's like naked, mm-hmm. with a, like a foot, her knee, like on something, mm-hmm. with a bow and arrow. Okay. I fuck with that. So it's like, you know, I'm, I'm representing the, the power of women yeah. to take things into my own hands. For sure. Uh, uh, so, yeah, so they have the um, the famous statue um, of Diana the Hunter, and there's a replica of it outside a restaurant in Juarez. She's muscular, like I said, strong, holding a bow with her arms stretched back, mm-hmm. about to shoot. Maybe that image was in one of... Maybe that image was in this one's driver's mind, on a bus I was riding when he opened the door and a woman came in and said, what, are you Diana the hunter? No, of course not. She replied. What are you afraid of me? She's like, what are you afraid of me now? Well, yeah, he replied. Shouldn't I be that part? I was like, that could have been like her, but just like, wasn't. Yeah. Got just the drop on her. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. Wrong, but wrong bus driver. He's yeah. Oh, or it could have just been her. Like what I think of it just could have been her. Just like, just trying to see how things are now with these bus drivers. Now that she's made her yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just get on like, just how they when they see her. What do they? How do they react? Yeah. Just their, just their whole body language. Just yeah. getting nervous. Shit. It's like, hey, I, I'm doing my job. Mission, you mission bus, accomplished. But, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, I thought just during this story. Um. Again. Uh. Obviously, I have never heard of the story, but just being a dad of a, a young beautiful young lady it's like stuff like this people should read more about yeah. even if you don't have kids or whatever and we have mostly female listeners Absolutely. um so i think it was kind of like my job of putting out there like you know we do recognize the stuff y'all have to go through every day again i bring up that girl i seen in 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 myrtle beach just jogging at 12 o'clock at 12, 12 in the morning airpods in. it's like every time i think about that i go what kind of that is that's nuts yeah, man, I, um, just go, going back to the thing I was saying, even just watching a Netflix show. As a man, we have such a, um, a privilege. Yeah. Black, white, anything. As a man, we have such a privilege to go, I don't like thinking about that. It's like, oh, women go through that. No, nah, no, nah, it's not, it's, it's not that. It's, it's more complicated than that. You yeah. can just, you can excuse things and just move on and not have to deal with it. Cause it's not a reality you'll ever have to face. Yeah. I'll never know what it's like to be uh, afraid that 
a person could do God knows what. And one of those, I've never a day in my life been afraid that a man was going to sexually assault me. Yeah. But never, like never, like yeah. maybe robbed or something like that. That's never on the table for me getting food. I'll go out of my house at 1130 at night. Like, you know, what? I think I want some, some lo mein noodles and just go to a Chinese spot in the middle of the night and get some Chinese food. And never is a thought. I'm like, man, this neighborhood is kind of sketchy. I don't want to get robbed. I'm, never in my mind is the, one of the thoughts like, Oh, well, there's a lot of men out there who sexually assault women. So yeah. that's on the table. The and my, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, there's dudes who might want to rob anybody. Yeah. So I could get robbed at some point, I guess, you know, but I'm never like that's on the table. Like a, per- a person, a person could be like out to rob a woman mm-hmm. and go, you know, while I'm here, I'm going to rape you as well. Yeah. Like that's never a thought of, that's never been a thought a day in my life of like, oh, I might get like raped today. Yeah. It's just, I just wanted to make it aware that we do understand that. Yeah. That's something we don't, as men, don't have to deal with. Whatever male listens we got, even bef- bef- and I hope they listen to this and then take it, you know, take um, think about it and go, yeah, this is a big deal for women and it's something they yeah. deal with and can try to understand it more. Because bef- bef- I can tell you right now, before this podcast reads stories like this, I haven't, it wasn't something I thought about. Like, oh. you go, damn, they can't even, like, you can't even go to the store without. So many. It, it, it's so many it's kind of like it's kind of like it's, it's like way beyond us thinking about because we just how men move we not it, we just don't have to think about stuff like that it's like no. it's, it's it's that's crazy and it's and it's scary for me me having a daughter that's that's scary that i have to think about stuff like that even further I mean? than that doing this podcast even because i'm not like a i never really was like a a dog type of dude like yeah. I, i'm never like the guy that's like checking this girl out at the gym and I want her to know I'm checking her out because when I go over there to get her number, I kind of want to warm her up of like, hey, I'm checking you out. Yeah. But on her end, she could be like, this dude's fucking creeping me the fuck out. Yeah. And I'm going to run to my car when I leave the gym. But am, or I'm saying as a dude, I'm yeah, saying, yeah. I, cause I didn't do this. But I'm just saying as a dude that a dudes that hit, hit on girls in gyms, mm-hmm. it's like in their mind, it's like, well, I'm a dude. She's a girl. So. Obviously, she loves dick, so I'm going to stare at her to let her know that I want to have sex with you. Yeah. And then I'm going to come over there and assert my dominance over you and let you know, hey, I'm going to let you have sex with me. Give me yeah. your phone number. And that and that's like a lot of dudes' mentalities of like, I'm going to give this girl the pleasure of meeting me and like getting her phone number and we're going to hook up later. And that girl's like, oh, my God, I wish this guy would stop staring at me. I'm just trying to work out. And that's the yeah. gym. And then it's the grocery store. Then it's just anything. Going for a run. Any, anything. Like... Before doing this podcast, I had no. You just go, yeah, man. You a girl wouldn't want to like be in a dark alley and some crazy person comes and assaults them. It's like, no, no. It's way, it's way more, it's way less like um fantasyful of that of like, oh, I walked down the wrong street and I'm in an alley and a crazy person came out of a trash can. It's like, no, women have been sexually assaulted in their the lobby of their apartment built, like walking into that little where the mailboxes are yeah. like that women have been assaulted there. Women have been assaulted coming out of their cars and parking lots. It can happen anywhere. And until I started doing this podcast, it just wasn't in perspective for me. I've said on this podcast before about when Sierra told me like, uh, when we, when we got together and Bella was living with us, she's like, Oh my God, I can go for runs now. Like, yeah. I, Cause I have a dog when I go running. So I feel like I won't be to get approached by somebody creepy. Cause I have a dog with me. Yeah. You go, 
that's weird. Why? What do you mean? You know, it's just like, it's just never, if I wanted to go for a run, which I don't really like doing, but if I ever wanted to go for a run, I would just go for a run. There's no thought like, I don't want to wear this. This might be calling attention or I don't want to go this way. I don't think about any of that shit. That's a privilege as a man. You yeah. just can go just do shit. You That's another thing. Yeah, stuff women want to, like, they want to wear a, a certain thing or a particular thing. They can't. They, you have to put some, you have to put more thought into it. Just, like, wearing something, you got to be like, this might cause way too much attention. And yeah. some guy can just think that, you know, I'm I'm basically having this on because I want men to come over tension. here to, yeah. to touch me or, like, say something to me. Yeah. And it's, that's not it. I just want to have something nice. I just want to look nice for myself. Or my back hurts and I don't feel like wearing a bra today. There's so many times yeah. where, or like me and Sierra will be about to go out to go do something. And I'm like, you know, you know, you know, I, I, I think I'm ASAP Rocky. So I'm like, you know, uh, that fashion, fashion, fashion wise, that's a, you should not wear a bra with that. She's yeah. like, I can't not wear a bra. I mean, like, I'm just not going to do that. Like, yeah. it's just, it just, I don't want to do that. I don't, I don't feel comfortable. It's yeah. It's, it's just, yeah. You know, so I, and, and whenever she tells me, that, I'm like, it's so crazy. Cause like, I've never, if I wanted to like not wear boxers or whatever thing where like a dude would be like, Oh yeah. I feel like people can see my yeah. junk or something like that. I, it's never been a thought of mine. I'm just like, no, this feels more comfortable. Yeah. So I'm just going to do that. It's never like, no. Cause like, I don't want it to, they can see my underwear line and, that's like I don't want to be looked at that way. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like it's just a lot of shit like that, man. I don't, it's it's crazy. Yeah, you know? can't even can't even just put something on just because you want to wear it. No, you gotta you gotta, you gotta think, think past about that. where you going. Yeah, yep. Um, just uh, I wanted to do I did some research on the little statue, but they had something on here where it was like um, according to the Amnesty International report, three hundred and seventy young women and. And girls were killed in Ciudad Juarez between 1993 and 2005. Uh, most of the slayings um, remain unsolved. Mm. Um, which uh, I think that's just it's pretty sad and unfortunate that these women, um, those victims, were murdered um, for no reason, just because these guys or bus drop whatever, yeah, were just sick and and no justice women, and and no justice happening. They're unsolved. People are missing family members. Don't know what happened to them. Um, I just, I just think it's it's very unfortunate, and um, I'm glad that she kind of like Diana, whoever this person was. It's crazy how do we? They don't even know. We don't, we don't even know who this person is. But they're a symbol. Yeah, it could have been a. It could have been like a. Could have been a guy. Yeah, <laughs> this could have been a guy. The, Diana is representative of all women. She's, yeah, she's a symbol. Yeah, like, and. The thing about vigilantism is every bus driver is some sexual assaulter, right? Yeah. So in the process of this, whether it's spurring copycats or anything like that, there's some bus drivers who just get up and take care of their kids every day and drive a bus. And they might have gotten shot or murdered or, you know, hurt, hurt in some kind of way. And they were completely innocent. Like they yeah. just were some bus drivers. So. Well, I also, I also read that um, whoever this person was probably had some type of experience, meaning somebody in their family family um either them or yeah for sure could have been raped um but not killed yeah and then or somebody in their family was close to had had yeah had the same problem and maybe those two people because it wasn't only stories i found was these two bus drivers it was never like it was like another it was multiple more than the two bus drivers that i've read about 
So maybe they those, those two were targeted, two, yeah. possibly. For because them specific, like they were specifically, yeah. they definitely were guilty. Yeah, yeah. possibly. It, it, you know, that's definitely possible that they, you know, they two people who deserved it got killed. Yeah, and it struck fear in anybody else who might also be out there doing it, but haven't gotten caught yet, or might be thinking about, you know, yeah. do, or whatever. So in a way, I see how it could have helped. It's almost like. Um, the argument for which I'm, I don't think I'm I, the, the argument for the death penalty is if people feel like the consequence is an extreme one, then people won't commit murder, which is not true, but that's the argument. So if I'm using that logic in this case and I go, well, if there's bus drivers who think that if they rape women, that somebody will come along and murder them, then they won't rape women. And what, it's the like, death no, penalty is, a, what is it? What do they call it? Extreme what? Punishment? Yeah, like a, yeah, I mean, it is an extreme punishment. Capital punishment. How is it extreme though? Just you dying? Yeah, but it's just you know, it's just what do they do? Like poison? Like they see you? Like, yeah, but it's still, man, not? death is death. Even if it's not paying for anything like that, like I get you, it. If you rob a fire pe- squad, is 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 uh, yeah, is a uh, they still do that. extreme punishment. You can still ask for that in some states, apparently. And you can just ask. I'd rather have the fire squad if it's if it's oh. available in your state. Yeah, yeah, you can go. I want to go out like that. Shit. But you got to ask for it. So you got to, you, you know, it's next level shit. Yeah. But my point is, um, I think th- it's possible that the fear instilled by this story and this like folklore probably helped in a way at the time. I'm, I'm sure it's yeah. probably, you know, it didn't stop all rapes from happening at right. all. But, you know, maybe some people thought twice. So no. I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying like this person's like a, I don't know, a hero, but. It might have helped. It might have helped. I don't know. People putting pictures up like, well, make sure no blondes people are getting on my bus today. Yeah. I don't want to get caught by that person. Yeah. They're like a cartoon picture they have of just like her with like this goddess like type of, uh, I don't know. I don't know what it's called. It's like a white thing. It's like gold wrapped around the neck. Uh-huh. And it's like, uh, like a kind of like a Jersey looking thing. And she got like a bow. Yeah. And shot the, and like shooting a bow at the bus driver and there's like an arrow going through his neck. This is a statue. It's no, it's a picture. Oh, okay. it was like a, it was like a. So like people a are picture. glorifying. Yeah. It, it, she is seen as a. This person is seen as a hero. Yeah. Which I understand if you live in a country or a city or a state where you know sexual assaults and rapes are high, and there's a person who comes along with the message of we are women and we're not taking this anymore. Yeah. Yeah, you're gonna be immortalized and, and, and memorialized in a positive light. But again, I just it's just hard for me to even fathom this this whole story of like that it's like, oh yeah, some bus drivers just are out here just assaulting people. It's just that's just it's so it's just crazy for me to think about I'm, I'm my mind just goes to like well, what about there I have to imagine most bus drivers are just dudes waking up and going to work in the morning. Like, you know, like so but if you but then again, if I get on a bus and you have that picture up and you're asking if you're are you Diana? like why are you so why are you so afraid yeah. you have something to be afraid about yeah you know i would i would imagine that would make me more skeptical the person the bus drivers who are really afraid yeah. after that happens because it's like well why are you so afraid man like because you're already doing something you're supposed yeah to do. are you aren't you just driving the bus if you're not if you're just driving the bus you shouldn't have anything to be afraid of yeah so maybe i i would have kept an eye on that at that time after that, i'm like who's which one of these bus drivers is fucking terrified yeah because that <laughs> dude has some skeletons in his closet yeah, because he was because he was scared he's gonna get clapped. Yeah, exactly. I mean, she was running up on motherfuckers. That's what she said. Like you think you're so tough. Think, or you, think you all tough? 
It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, so that was my story of uh Diana the the bus driver the bus driver hunter. I wish they had a better name, but you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's you know what that might be Diana one of those things. The hunter sounds better. That might be one of those things where it probably sounds dope in Spanish. Hey, like whenever right. I'm listening to Bad Bunny and it's like, you know, he's like, and I go listen to it, it's like, I eat diamonds for breakfast and they taste great and I love them. Smiles. Yeah. And you're like, what? That doesn't <laughs> sound as good in yeah, yeah, yeah. English. Yeah. So that might be one of those things. Yeah, so that was my um my friend of this week. Just yeah, it was a great story. Pushing it out there. I just want men to be aware about things like this. This could happen. This is Mexico, but this could happen anywhere. This, this does happen everywhere. Yeah. So I just wanted to push that out, make people aware. And activate um, people too, activate, man. Like yes, speak yes. speak up, man. Like if you see if you see if you see a woman and she actively looks uncomfortable in a situation, she's looking out a window, she doesn't want to go out of the store yet. And you go to her and you go, you all right? And she goes, no, some dude out there by my car. I go, well, let me, I'll walk you to your car. Yeah. You know what I mean? But sometimes it's hard though. People go, yeah, it's none of my business. You know, I just, you know, what's weird? This happened to me the other, other day. It's like one of those things where, like I just said, like you, you see stuff and you go, I don't know. Yeah. This dude was <laughs> putting up uh, Christmas lights on his house, right? Uh-huh. The wind was blowing. <laughs> was he on the ladder? <laughs> the ladder. <laughs> The ladder fell. He wasn't. He, he was wasn't on the, the ladder. He's on the roof. The ladder fell over. <laughs> I went. He'll get down. Yeah. <laughs> it kept on going. Come on, Robin, coming on this podcast for the last like four weeks. Like, hey man, you know, help your fellow man. Like, we we got to get through this together. We we are Americans together. And you just were like, oh. uh, he'll figure it out. Yeah. His wife will come out or like, something. Somebody, somebody's home. I saw that. If I was like, you let man. that man get stranded on the roof. He, come, he might be on that roof right now. Man, to I this work, day, forever. I'm working nine, ten hours a day. Couldn't pick I ain't up the ladder. I don't got time to be stopping, bro. <laughs> He'll figure it out. At the end of the end of when I drove because I had to come back down the house, and then he was down. So I was like, okay, cool. I guess he like went through the window or something. I don't know, but I didn't. I was. I ain't got time to stop, bro. Sorry, whoever that was. Sorry. Great. Well, in terms of the, all the other stuff that you said that was yeah. good about, you know, help. Got that off my chest. You know, help, good now. help women and, you know, and, and all that stuff. <laughs> but if it's a, you know, if it's a dude stuck on the second, the, the second tallest part of his roof. Yeah. He, he is. Leave right, him up there. He's, he's, right. he's cool, man. He can go in through the window. Nobody's dying. He I'm wasn't sure. on the ladder. Fine. Yeah. It's only 40 degrees outside. He'll be, he'll be fine. It's not that cold. I thought it was hilarious, though. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Castaway. Do you think Castaway was hilarious? They're just stuck on an island and fucking starving. <laughs> uh, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, it's my turn to tell you guys some fucked up shit. So stick around. All right. And we are back. Sorry about that. Um, folks, we uh, we had to take some extra time to chew because we are um, um, uh, yes. the high chews are. Yep. It's, it's, a, it's a journey. They're delicious, but They're it's, delicious. A lot, it's a lot of work. To, you know, you can't just jump right back in. No. You got to get the, you know, the high-level chewing finish before you proceed with potting. Um, Fran, my affirmative murder this week is the story of Linnell Barsak, okay? Okay. It's a pretty crazy story, but um, it's, it's, very, uh, it's a very entertaining, interesting, and ultimately really fucked up and sad story. So I wanted to um, shed light on it this week. <clears throat> At the youthful age of 29, Linnell Barsock was already well on the path to prosperity. She was very successful, attractive, a licensed vocational nurse, um, and this is all according to Detective Joe Espino. 
She also lived in a beautiful home that was um, 3,600 to 3,700 square feet. So okay. she's 29. She's, she's on her track. Like, she finished school. She's in her career. And she's killing it. She's just excelling through life. That's her house? Uh-huh. That's a big house. Yeah. And it's her house. Mm. Uh, Linnell had a boyfriend, a native of Haiti, named Louis Bonoir. Louis had a very hot temper. He would stalk her and had a history of driving her off the road, causing her to crash her car. Damn. History? So it's more than... Well, in his history. Oh, okay. He has a history of all... Of, a multitude oh, okay. of things. One of them, Damn. one of them being, he drove her off the road. Yeah, all right. Linnell kept her romantic options open. She was also seeing a man named Ike Umuna. Where is he from? Asian dude? No, I think oh. he's just like you know an African dude, but American. Like he, you know, he's of African descent. One sweltering June day in 2010, in Palmdale, California, 65 miles northeast of Los Angeles, where Linnell lived. Her pal, Lorraine Austin, stopped by. She had planned to weave Linnell's hair that day, but she walked into a firestorm. Lewis was in a rage. Lewis had found out that Linnell was gifted a phone by an apparent other boyfriend, which I get. Like, don't, don't, don't buy my girl a phone, you know? Why his are you girl. buying her? Yeah, he's his, he Lewis found out that his girlfriend, who you know he believed they were in an exclusive relationship, but he found out she had some new phone that was bought by another guy, maybe this Ike fellow. But it's like, yeah, don't buy my girl a phone because like, why are you buying her a phone? So you know that you'll be able to get in touch with her. That's the only reason I could think of that you would buy somebody a phone. Wait, so they're still together? They're still together. This is but the crazy she, dude. The, yes. Okay. But right. she, you know, she was still dating around. She was keeping her options open. You know, she she was not she wasn't exclusive, and maybe he felt like they were. Hmm. So he's like, "Don't be buying. Okay. Who bought you this phone?" It turned into that whole kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, Lorraine Lorraine decided to come back later, hoping things would calm down. When she returned, it was calm, dead calm. She saw her friend laying on the garage floor next to the car. A friend? Yeah, uh, her, uh, Lorraine is Linnell's friend. Yeah, okay. So she saw Linnell laying on the floor. When she came back, she was like, oh, they're fighting. Yeah, I'm going to leave, back. I'm going to come back. Got you. So she came back, saw, uh, saw her friend laying on the floor next to the, in the garage next to the car. Mm. Linnell had a black, plastic, a, black, black, a black plastic bag around her head. Mm. She immediately checked her pulse, lifted up the bag to confirm that it was her friend, Linnell, and she um, came to the realization that Linnell Barsock had been murdered. Mm. Lorraine says she heard movement on the second floor of the house, and the next thing she knew, she was staring at Louis uh, Bonoir mm. in mm. the face as he stood at the top of the stairs. Shit. Lorraine ran for her life, speeding off in her car, headed for the sheriff's station. When she entered... She was hysterical and agitated. Her friend had been murdered, and she was uh, she was and she wanted to she wanted assistance. She had blood on her hand, buttocks, and chest. She had wiped herself after falling on the cement floor of the garage. It didn't take long for cops to catch up with Bonoir. Lewis appeared to be the killer based on several factors, said Detective Robert Kenny. Lewis tells us the relationship was is fine when we know that's not correct. 
based on anything we've heard from anybody else. Mm. So they pick him up and they're like, you know, they always ask the guys like, do you guys ever get in a fight? No fights. We never get in fights. We love each other. And you know, it's all love. We've not, yeah, I've friends. never even raised my hand to her. And then you talk to every single neighbor's like, Oh, they argue every night. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, so already when you go to that extreme, like, um, when I did the, um, the young lady from Philly, I can't remember her name right now. Um, Shelby, uh, the, the young sprinter and her, st- um, you know, uh, her mother, when she was getting interrogated, it was like, you just go to the extreme. Oh, yeah. ne- never. I've never even, I've never even heard of that person. You know, like, um, it was, it was her, it was her friend's boyfriend was supposed to drop her off back home. Yeah. I'm, I'm talking about an old story. Yeah. And he got picked up by the police and they go, so did you ever see this girl at the house? No, I've never even heard of that person. And it's like everybody, you were, yeah, you have, man. Like when you go to too extreme, you make yourself the immediate suspect. Yeah. So he's like, fight? No, we we never fight. I love her. And um, so uh, this is a quote from Detective Espino. He said, "I noticed that he, I noticed that he had a scratch on the left side of his neck. He started crying, but he had no tears." The victim's brother saw Lewis on a computer making banking transactions and looking up flights to Miami, Damn. possibly trying to fund his escape to Haiti. Yeah. He's always got that in his back pocket. I will get out of here. I will be free yeah. and go back to Haiti. Yeah. Where's my book? Yeah. <laughs> Super inside joke. I'm not even going to explain. What yeah. that, I'm not even going to explain what that means. Where is my book? Uh, <laughs> And if the motive and if the motive wasn't clear enough, the writing was on the wall. A Dear John letter from Linnell. The Dear John letter stated, Dear Lewis, I am leaving you for another guy that I've been dating. Don't try to find me. This is according to Detective Espino again. So this was a note that she wrote. That was at the, that was found at the scene, yes. But <laughs> at her house. Yeah. So keep that in mind. She left him a Dear John letter at her house. Yeah. Uh, Louis Bonoir was taken into custody. The next order of business was finding physical evidence that would seal his fate. They knew based on forensics that the victim was shot in the back of the head at a slightly downward angle. Oh, shit. So she wasn't just suffocated. Mm -mm. Mm-mm. The exit wound was through the nose. Damn. Detectives found a pillow that was used as a silencer. Placed on the back of the head to muffle the shots. Again, according to Detective Espino. Uh, An expended cartridge from a 9mm gun was also discovered at the scene. Sheriff's senior criminalist, Mary Keynes, made her own telling observations at the bloody crime scene in the garage. She said there was a lot of blood throughout the crime scene, but it had been moved around and cleaned up significantly. Mm. Keynes used luminol to essentially light up blood the eye couldn't see. Yeah. She came to the conclusion that Linnell had been murdered in the home and moved to the garage. She said the luminol floret, uh, the luminol floresced or yeah, the, the luminol floresced and an area could be seen that looked like someone had been dragged through that through that location. The light, so that black light or whatever they use shows. Is it yeah, the I think luminol is like a liquid. They spray it, it first. Yeah, and, and then, then you turn the, the black light on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it can light up like Christmas tree. Exactly. Yeah. 
Um, it's just people. You just can't get away with anything no. these days. No, no, it no, just, no, no, it's no. just, it's just not gonna happen. Uh, yeah, Keynes collected, among other things, a gray plastic pitcher with a distinct fingerprint, which Keene believed was used to clean up that crime scene, a bloody pair of gloves, and an area rug near Linnell's body that had been removed from the home. Mm. So they found all these things kind of around her in her immediate vicinity of the scene. Yeah. And they took them all for evidence, obviously. She worked to process the crime scene evidence while detectives worked on Louis Bonoir, who was being held in the county jail. The detectives checked out Bonoir's story. They were stunned at what they found. Um, Doctor, I mean, Detective Kenny was quoted as saying, we were, we were searching his truck looking for evidence. Instead, what we found were receipts showing that he was in Los Angeles when this murder should have been taking place. They found three different three different receipts from three different locations, all time stamped surveillance footage from Los Angeles auto parts stores, 65 miles away from Palmdale, clearly showing Louis Bonoir. What? Detective Espino said, now we know he couldn't have committed the murder. We have video evidence. He was at the house. I'll continue. Cell phone records also put Bonoir in Los Angeles. You can't get from Los Angeles to Palmdale and back in that time unless you have your own private jet, according to Detective Kenny. And even then it would be difficult. The investigation took a sharp turn. Detectives Kenny and Espino cleared Linnell's other boyfriend, Ike Umuna, leaving the suspect's list severely depleted. The detectives uncover a shocker. They find that Linnell Barsock also liked women. Mm, okay. okay. And they turned their attention to Lorraine Austin. Yep, I, was, I figured that's what it was called. Who first reported the murder. Yep. Linnell's so-called best friend. In reality, the two had just met. Lorraine Austin was very involved in the, per, in the personals section of Craigslist, also described as the women seeking women's section. Okay. According to detective Espino, she was involved with six other women on, on, uh, through Craigslist. It was on Craigslist that Lorraine connected with Linnell just one month before her murder. Lorraine befriended her. They developed a romantic relationship and Lorraine was hoping to move in with her and be happy forever and ever. But after just we just but after just three weeks of a whirlwind affair, Linnell told Lorraine she was going to focus on just one love, Louis Bonoir. Jealousy. Yeah. Cops now had a cops now had a hunch. Lorraine, a woman with no job and heavily in debt, was not happy about that decision. Espino and Kenny asked Lorraine to take a polygraph test. She promises, but puts them off. During, the, during their investigation, the cops then discover that she had been online researching ways to defeat a polygraph test. They can pull up your search history, bro. Yeah. You can't get away with anything in 2020. I even You can even clear Before your, that, you couldn't. Yeah, yeah. For a long time, you couldn't. Mm -hmm. But I always, you know, I always make jokes like, "Hey man, make sure you clear your cookies." You know what I mean? Like, you don't want people to when you die, you don't want people to see what your search history was. Yeah. But 
they can pull that back. Like a detective can go through the back door, pull up your old, you know, search history. They can pull up old tweets. You might go, oh, man. these. They tweets. can pull up anything, anything on your computer. Text messages. Anything you deleted. Anything that you're like, oh, I deleted it. My, my, my spouse will never see these. Oh, no. The police will find them if, if they want to find them. Old tweets. You go, man, there was some tweets in 2010. Those are kind of crazy. Let me, let me, let me get them. Let me get them out of here. Nah. If the police really wanted to find them, they will get them. <laughs> so that delete button is cool to like, I can make sure you don't see them. Yeah. It's kind of like, I read something sometime one time and it was like, um, when you delete stuff, it's not really deleted. It's like in this big cloud kind of, yeah. essentially is what it is. Mm-hmm. And if somebody has the, the, the software or whatever, it. the way I access, they can just get it. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. It's not, it's never, it's never gone. It's never deleted. That cloud is something else, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, um, they found out that she was researching ways to defeat a polygraph. The detective's suspicion soon turned into hard evidence as criminalist Mary Keene's results were in. That pair of bloody gloves I mentioned earlier, some of the DNA came back from Lorraine Austin. So it gave them a strong indication that she was wearing those black gloves, which puts her at the scene of the crime. That... A gray plastic pitcher. The container with the, the container with the fingerprint belonged to Lorraine Austin, according to Detective Espino. But what about that goodbye letter to Lewis signed by Linnell? The letter was written by Lorraine Austin. Mm. She forged it and placed it at the scene of the crime. Yeah. Well, do that. <laughs> she <laughs> like, writes a letter. Uh, dear Lewis, <laughs> I'm don't ever try to find me again in at my, my house. house that yeah. and don't and leave when you finish reading this. And I'll never be coming back to this house. So they brought him in, though, right? Mm-hmm. What the hell? What the hell are y'all talking? What jacket? What jacket <laughs> you talking about this damn jacket? What this? A jacket? I got the jacket from Goodwill. What do you keep asking me about this jacket for? Just bring somebody. You're like, what? Am I, what? What, what are you talking about? I'm she, in Miami. You think? You think? So you guys found a dear John letter to me at her house? Yeah. <laughs> for me, just make them all look stupid. God. You found his letter that you were what? what why, would, why would it be a why would a dear John letter? So you're saying I read the dear John letter and killed her. I read the dear John letter at her house. <laughs> She's telling me don't find her at, at her, her house. house. Right. <laughs> uh, da, da, uh, oh yeah. Okay. So and finally, inside that rolled up rug that was found near Linnell's body, several hair weaving needles. Remember that Linnell was there. To, to do, I mean, that Lorraine was there to do Linnell's weave. Yeah. That was kind of her whole reason for being there. I pulled up. I was going to do her hair. They were fighting. And I then I was like, I'll, I left. Okay. I'll come back later. That was her whole kind of way, her reason that she was there when she went to the detectives. When detectives pieced it all together, they had motive, means, and opportunity. Yep. The victim was having her hair weaved, and the suspect was standing behind her. The suspect reached over, grabbed a pillow, and used it as a silencer. Put the gun up to the pillow and shot her once in the back of the head. Mm. All while doing her hair. Like she's yeah. just like, girl, and you know, and then, you know, this the, the technician couldn't come. She's talking, you know, because she's doing boss shit at her job, you know. And then, you know, the the bends is supposed to come this week. It's like, okay, <laughs> yeah. well, you said that you're gonna keep dating Lewis. Yep. So I'm gonna kill you. Shot her in the back of the head. So the plastic bag was a lie. Well, 
the plastic bag, I think, was just a cover. I don't think oh. it was made to be like she suffocated her with the plastic bag. I think it was just like they covered they covered her it, like it was almost like a plastic trash bag. Like they just yeah. used it to as a tarp. Okay. So that I think the plastic bag was there. Hmm. I think. I I don't know what part of the thing wasn't. I know it was a lie. Yeah. Lewis being at the top of the steps. Yeah. That never Which happened. It's crazy. Yeah. It sounds creepy. It sounds crazy, but it sounds like a movie. Like it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, I heard of something and then I looked up and he was standing at the top of the steps. And I ran away. Yeah, yeah, and I got in my car and drove away. He tried to chase me, but I got away. I could de- I can definitely catch you before you got to that car. Oh hell yeah. <laughs> you ever tried to unlock the clean, door? I'd have cleared six of those steps. I'm just saying, and if if I was a out of click six of those steps, you wouldn't have made it to that car. But. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Um, I in this scenario, he's way more motivated than oh, you. Oh, yeah. It's like I just killed a person, and I don't want you to go. You a tell witness? Me. Oh man, yeah. yeah. I might jump all the steps. You know, my adrenaline, <laughs> right? My adrenaline is at levels I've never yeah. even felt before. You yeah. know, so a rolled ankle is nothing. Oh, I'm just you, gonna jump oh, no. all 15 steps. Yeah, and be right there while you're still trying to get the top lock unlocked. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, the police were like, you yeah, know, this story all adds up. I get that, you know, you you got to believe the person that's coming in and coming to you, right? Yeah, true. Um, oh, yeah, if they're coming in all hysterical and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure, she, I'm sure she sold it. You know, that's For sure. that's why I had, but then now that you know what happens, it all, you know, it's, it's like, yeah, she murdered her. That's why she's covered in blood. It's like, oh, I, I didn't even know. I came back and I just slipped in the blood. I didn't even know my friend was dead. I just thought I slipped in some oil because I was in a garage. Yeah. That's well, why there's w- blood all over me. I wonder if these detectives, when when stuff happened like that, mm-hmm. that situation, do they go, we have to we have to think that this person could possibly be a suspect? Do, do you think they go, okay, this is a, a some type of witness or victim, or they go, we need to keep, Oh, we need to keep both sides open. We need to keep our mind open. Be open-minded about it and go, this could possibly be a suspect. That's a hard one, right? Because you want to think that people are getting a fair shake and they're exploring all possible witnesses. Yeah. You know, you're, you're innocent until proven guilty. But the job of the prosecution is to get a conviction. Yeah. So if it makes more sense... If this makes sense, what I'm about to say. If it doesn't, let me know. If it makes more sense that Louis, the the boyfriend, before you know the stuff about she's on Craigslist and yeah. um, Lorraine Linnell likes girls, and before you know all that, you go, we got a Dear John letter, the boyfriend, the neighbors say that they're aggressive and everything like that, so we're going to lock in on this guy. How do we make it fit? So that becomes the... It, now you stop looking for other people you're like how do we com- how do we make him the guy because he's clearly the guy now they could be wrong because sometimes it just looks bad I always bring up lo- long shot all the time yeah. sometimes the shit just looks bad it looks bad yeah but if you do a little more work and stop using confirmation bias because you go okay well we need to try to find more evidence that it was this guy as opposed to we need to keep looking around and following any evidence Instead of going, no, no, that evidence points us away from this person. How do, We need to find the evidence that keeps us on this person. So that kind of, a lot of times, is the job of the prosecutor. That was laid out in the undoing in a, in a, in a, in a very cool way. I'm sure you'll, you'll never see that way. But it was done yeah. in a really cool way where you go, oh, yeah. And we've seen it in a lot of, we've seen it in um, um, 
the Central Park Five show, uh, you know, when they see us, like you just see they we this is who we've decided is guilty. How do we make the evidence fit around this person? But when you hear that, you go. But you want to think like, oh yeah, we we explored every possible. Everybody's a suspect. Yeah, but it, when to me, when I hear that, I feel like I I think like, are you guys really trying to solve the case, or are you just trying to get a conviction? Just getting conviction and make a sh- uh uh just close the case up. Just sometimes it's both. Open the ship. Sometimes, we got, we got it done, and that's, sometimes throw we're, it away. Tr- we're trying to close the case and get a conviction, that's that's, and that that if that means this person seems to be the most likely person, even if it's not a hundred percent, it's 60%. We're going to make it a hundred percent by zeroing in on this person and creating a narrative that nobody can refute in court. Then you don't need to be a professional to do that. I don't think a professional. What What do you mean to a prosecutor or a detective or whatever? If you, if, if it's just, we just need to make get, them look away, make, we just need to find evidence to so it can fit this person. Sure. Well, I, I mean, like anybody can do that. I mean, I disagree with that because they did some research it's not, it's and not then a, they found these camera footage of him being in an auto. But that's zone. not. But how? That's not like a. I don't think that's the skill though. If you just go, we just need to. If I feel like there's no effort if you go, we just need to find a person and make the the evidence fit this person and then close the case. That's not. Yeah. That's just. I don't think that's the same as you actually trying to put in the work, having a, a, a I don't know. I don't want to say talent, but having you know the the work ethic to be like, we need to open doing an investigation, doing an investigation, yeah. go through each step to find out who actually did this. A lot of people would argue that's one of the big problems with the criminal justice system, Grant. So it's a lot of people that are agreeing with you right now. Yeah, yeah, no, people should you should do the work and you shouldn't just try to pin it on the easiest person to pin it on, which a lot of times is you know people from marginalized communities and poor yeah. people and, you know, people that fit the description, you know, the mythical black dude, you know, you, it, why, why wouldn't it be you? Look, he has a criminal record. He's robbed somebody before. And that's why he robbed this person and killed this person. It's like, but I wasn't, I wasn't there. Eh, well, we have a witness that said you were there. We paid them, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't, who gives a shit? But yeah. You were, they said you were there. And look that's at how it was. Do you know that show? Remember this? I'll tell you, I was going to start the show. Uh, woke. Yes, like, you do. And, the, I seen like the first two episodes, mm-hmm. and then in the beginning it was like, um, who, if if you haven't seen it, it was like this guy wrote cartoon, mm-hmm. and a lady, um, approached him and was like, you know, just the idea about his cartoons and him, him being black, uh-huh. um, why don't you, uh, recognize or ask questions about what's going on with black people in the community, or whatever? Mm-hmm. Then he was like, you know, I don't. I just like I to just make don't, funny stuff. I just like make fun and I don't have anything to I'm not gonna speak on that. Mm, then he's that's in not like my experience. He's right. in a park and these like five officers held him at gunpoint because mm. they think cause his he resembles another black person. Mm. That's when all of a sudden he's like, Oh shit. Now he's all like the cartoon comes alive and it starts talk, talking to him and he shit is talking now and it's like Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was crazy. Interesting. Yeah. That sounds interesting. I have heard of that show. I haven't watched it yet, but that was like yeah. one of the rare times where you've described something to me, and I'm like, yeah, I, w- I might watch that. Yeah. Now he's woke. It's the name of the show. Mm, clever. I hate that word. It makes me sick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the title of the show is actually the reason why I haven't watched it. Like, oh, yeah, woke. woke. Yeah, yeah, great. Yeah. Show's going to be great. I only watched it because of Blake Anderson. Just, just saying. 
from big uh, work coffee. Big fan, yeah, big fan yes, of those guys. Uh, let's see, let's let's bring this to a close here. What do we got? Um, okay, yeah. So back to Lorraine. Uh, when Lorraine couldn't lift the box, because okay, so here's what she did. Uh, she was what well, her plan was. She was uh, or the cops believed that Lorraine dragged the victim's body to the garage. That's mm-hmm. where the you know the the um. When the when the room lit up from yeah. the investigator and the blood that she said the blood was probably you know moved, the person was probably moved from the inside of the house to the garage. The detectives believe that Lorraine was probably dragged. Lorraine probably dragged the victim's body to the garage, hoping to get it into the car with a plan to dump Linnell in the desert. Damn. She was probably going to take her car, take her jewelry, take what money she might have, possibly steal TV sets, and make a little money, according to um, Detective Kennedy. When Lorraine couldn't fit the body into the car, I also read something that she couldn't pick it up. Uh, she resorted to plan B. Blame it on Lewis. Lewis may in fact be a jealous guy, but he is no murderer. Was it a plan B or was just, it was like, I need to come was, up with something well, it was like, Well, yeah, I mean, that's plan B, but it was definitely not thought but, out. It, yeah, it wasn't like, <laughs> okay, well, it wasn't if a thought I can't out plan do B. this, if I can't do this, this is my plan. Yeah. It was like, that's Shit, why I don't fuck call it. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was no, it was a definitely like it was a uh, audible. It yeah, was, it exactly. was audible. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah, that's was, not a yeah, that's audible. not a plan B. Yeah, plan, plan yeah. B is plan yeah. when the a, plan A don't work. Yeah, if this goes wrong, <laughs> right? Switch to plan B. Yeah, you know, this was like an audible. Yeah, it, was, it was more of an audible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know they call it a plan B. We'll call, she will call she 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 did an audible. Yeah, and decided to blame Lewis. And like Lewis may in fact be a, uh, a jealous guy, but he's no murderer. Lorraine's entire story was a lie. And now she was detected. Lorraine took off and stayed on the lamb for a year. She went to Belize. Like in, now in, this in was Italy. A, this was what, waiting for trial? Or what was, was no, this? like once, once they started piecing shit together, she fled the country. Oh, shit. Yeah. She went to Belize. Until America's most, an America's most wanted tipster led cops to the murderess turned fugitive hiding out in Belize, like I said. When Espino and Kenny caught up with their long-sought killer, she was as coy as ever. Lorraine had nothing to confess, but she did complain that the media dared to portray her as a moocher. She had, there's interrogation footage of her in the room where she's mm-hmm. like, I don't really like that they were saying, like, what, I killed my friend she did. for some money? Um, I didn't like that, you know? She was very much like, that's rude. She's making that a big point, like, that's not why I killed her. No, she was saying, like, I didn't kill her, and if I, that's the reason they're saying I killed her is for some money. She was very much like offended that, she, you know, basically okay. she's like, I have money, but yeah. she didn't. But sounds like a psychopath. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Lorraine Austin probably wasn't any happier about the jury's guilty verdict and her sentence of 50 years to life behind bars. Bottom line is it all came together. Uh, the truth came out. The jury saw the, de- the defense's theory and she was sent to prison for a long time. She should never be out of prison where she can harm again. And that was the story of Linnell uh, Barsock. I feel really bad. It always is sad to me when I hear about people. It's the same thing with like Botham John and you know, obviously that's different circumstances. But whenever you hear it's like there's sto- like Trayvon Martin hadn't even begun to live his life. Right. So that's always sad. But when you it's something because I am 28 and I've got to this point in my life, it's something sadder to me when I hear the story of like, they were in the middle of accomplishing all of their dreams. Like yeah. it, it's sad when dreams get snuffed out. Like, Oh, you go, you can go the potential. And that's what a, 
waste of life and that's so sad that they were taken away but when you hear stories of like oh they just opened up the taco truck that they always dreamed of opening and that everything was looking up 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 and then on a dark night some tragic thing happens you go oh my god damn this girl's 29 she's on her career track she's killing it she's got her own house doing her own thing you know exploring sexually you know with her life and doing just doing a bunch of great stuff and then some fucking lame ass chick murdered her because she was mad that she didn't want to date her anymore or whatever have a fling anymore so rest in peace to LaSalle, uh, Linnell Barsock um, I'm glad that the story didn't end with a guy losing a whole bunch of time in his life for a crime he didn't commit um, so you know blessings to him because it you know, could have absolutely gone that way Yeah. and uh, as far as Lorraine goes hey man you know Fuck you. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what we're going to do is we're going to get into these good vibes. That's right, folks. It's time for another good vibe segment. We're here to start your week off right or, you know, end your week right. You know, it depends on when you're listening to this. You might be in the post-apocalyptic future and, you know, you just need this moment to make any amount of time that you have left feel bright. Uh, either way, I'm here to talk about the Red Cross reporting that they've had massive surges in volunteer numbers worldwide in response to COVID-19. The world's largest humanitarian network has reported that hundreds of thousands of new volunteers have stepped up to work for free this year during the pandemic. Um, today is International Volunteers Day. Uh, this um, this story is, I'm not sure if it's from today, but whatever day, every day is International Volunteers Day as far as I'm concerned. Um, it, but this day, with this holiday was first celebrated by the United Nations 35 years ago. So it's fitting that the International Federation of the Red Cross and Red Crescent Societies, formed in 1919, is capping off a century of service by welcoming many kind-hearted new volunteers worldwide. Some of the highest numbers for volunteering came from an from the American Red Cross with 78,000 new signups. The Italian Red Cross welcomed nearly 60,000 new signups as part of its Time of Kindness initiative. And Italy got hit really hard with with um, the coronavirus. Yeah. Sierra was supposed to go to go to Italy this summer, really? and um, obviously everything got canceled because of what was going on. But yeah. you know, once you started to hear about how the cases, and I, I think it's because the the age rate, like the age, there's a lot of old people in Italy. I don't know how to say it properly, but there's a lot of like people over sixty in Italy. It's a very mm. retiree kind of country I, th I think i don't know but they were hit very hard so a lot of people hit very hard in that country um the netherlands logged forty-eight thousand new volunteers recruited through their ready to help citizen citizen aid network and kenya is training thirty-five thousand new people significant increases were also reported by the argentina uh kyrgyzstan kyrgyzstan and even to tuvalu an island country in the West Central Pacific with no recorded cases of COVID-19 welcomed over 130 new volunteers. So people just feeling like they want to get involved. Collectively, they have reached tens of millions of people in nearly every country of the world while also responding to hundreds of other disasters. New and ad new and long-standing volunteers have dedicated their time to worldwide rain uh, to uh 
to a wide-ranging COVID-19 response activities, including delivering essential food and medical items, transporting patients to health facilities, supporting with testing and contract contact tracing, providing psychological, I'm sorry, yeah, psych, psychosocial, uh, so, providing psychosocial support to vulnerable and quarantined people, distributing personal pro, uh, protective equipment or PPE, and providing trusted and accurate health information to their communities. In a world of fake news and, and misinformation, that is one of probably one of the more important things on that list. Yeah. Just saying like, hey man, no, this is real. Like, this isn't the cold, a cold or something. This is, here's the facts of how this can attack your body. Like that's as important as anything. Cause that, there's people that still don't get that. Like the people are still like, yeah, man, just go out in the sun. You're fine. Like it, it, it's more complicated than that, man. Yeah. Like, so getting the information to people is still as crazy as it sounds. If this shit has been going on for a year, people still are misinformed. Uh, this year, in response to the unprecedented humanitarian cri- the humanitarian uh, unprecedented humanitarian need, the IFRC has witnessed equally unprecedented humanitarian hum- humanity and kindness, with hundreds of thousands of people joining the Red Cross Crescent family for the first time, all the while contending with the terrible impacts of COVID nineteen on their own lives. Accor- this is according to Francesco Roca, the president of the IFRC. Though the family can seem, though, uh, though the future can seem bleak and the world divided because of the virus, every individual action of solidarity, peace, of lending a hand and supporting your community matters. He added, and I, and I double that. Let me read that again. Every individual action of solidarity, of peace, of lending a hand and supporting your community matters. You can make a difference in the world just with your own individual actions, folks. Uh, In the first six months of the global COVID-19 response, the IFRC allocated over 120 million Swiss francs to support compassionate response in 153 nations. New volunteers came from all ages and backgrounds, teachers, parents, nurses, students, bankers, artists, potentially now unemployed or furloughed, young and old and motivated by a common desire to serve their community. Tracy Kiamuhendo, oh, uh, a student in Kapala, joined the Uganda Red Cross in March when COVID-19 hit and a national lockdown halted their studies. She said, I joined because I wanted to sensitize my community about the... I wanted to... Yeah, sensitize. I don't know that word. I guess give them sense. I don't know. That's a new one for me. I wanted to sensitize my community about the virus and help protect them. Some people here didn't even think coronavirus was real. We can relate here in America. Uh, volunteering has helped me build my skills as a person and also achieve my dream of serving humanity. It's now part of me. I feel more connected with my community than ever before. All the millions of volunteers are a true light in uncertain and troubling times. Learn how you be, how you can become a volunteer at the IFRC website. I highly, uh, you know, you know, encourage people to go um, check out the Red Cross website. And if it sounds like something you'd be interested in doing, you know, go for it. See, you know, get get out there, make a change in the world. Friend, that is the end of my story. <clears throat> Wait, did I? Oh, I don't know why I thought I rewinded. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so my good vibe this week uh, is about a high school who opened a uh, campus grocery store and students pay in good deeds. 
Mm. When most of us make a trip to the grocery store, we pay with credit cards, cash, and coupons. Mm. But for a unique supermarket that's been set up at a North Texas high school, the cost of staples is good deeds. And the change? Human kindness and valuable life lessons. The unique enterprise set up with the aid of Texas Health, um, Albertsons, and First Refugee... um, First refuge is a refuge. Refugee, refuge. Those are both words, so I don't know. Is it two e's or one e? It's one e. Refuge. Refuge Ministries has been has been a blessing to the students, families, and faculty that form the close knit Linda um, Tut High School community in Sanger, Sanger, Texas. Students purchase goods via a point system. The currency is based on completing criteria such as helping clean up around the school mm. um, and forms of positive reinforcements. A lot of our students come from low socioeconomic families. Um, school principal Anthony Love said in an interview with CBS, it's a way for students to earn the ability ability to shop for their families through hard work. You can earn points uh, for positive office referrals. You can earn points for doing chores around the building or helping to clean. But aside from being able to help families cope with food insecurity, students who participate in the program on the sales side are also learning about everything from the math, from math, um, supply management to customer service as a solid work ethic lessons that will serve them in good um, in good stead when they start to look for um, their first job. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's what they should be teaching in school. Absolutely. Something that's going to that's going to be useful in the real world. Yeah. My boy Killer Mike said, you know, you know, you get you get the, these kids today, you know, everybody's like, "Oh, look at me. Oh, please. Like, oh, I'm a DJ. I want to do this, this, that, yes. and the third. And it, 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 you're oversaturating the market. Yep. Learn how to build a shelf. Yeah. You know, learn yeah. how to install floors. Because there's always going to be a need for that person. Yeah. You need to teach people practical skills and still what it takes to survive in the working world. Like everything can't be like, yeah, this is how you become, you know, a movie star or whatever, you know, you, you or, or go to college or well, it's more po- seem like it's more popularity than anything else. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to be the face of this. I want yeah. everybody to know who I am. Yeah. Type yeah, of yeah. thing. Yeah. I want stability. I yeah. think that's a thing that has gone to everybody's like, how do I get as much money as John Legend and Chrissy Teigen? Because I see them on TV all the time. So that's what I want. Like, I want to be driven around in limousines and red carpets. And that's what I want my life to be. And it's like, no, how about you, like, want to know your mortgage is going to be paid every month? Like, that. Like people should just make realistic goals for themselves. Everybody's not going to be a millionaire. You know, like, how about, you know, my, my car, if my tire gets flat, if I need to get work done on my car, I can afford to get that done. You know, how about we set some realistic goals and we teach kids from a young age, like, hey, it's okay to like middle. The middle class is great. It's okay to just like have a nice, simple life. Yeah, I was telling uh, a friend the other day about, um, you know, everybody wants to be a millionaire. Yeah, which is fine. Yeah, that's fine. It. It's, it's good it's dream. Like a, it's a good, it's like yeah, a, it's a good goal to have. It's yeah. a good, great goal. But I said, if I don't become a millionaire, that is fine. Mm-hmm. A goal of mine is to make over hundred thousand dollars a year. Yeah, sure. Which is doable it's absolutely doable and to have the security of if something needs to get fixed i can get it fixed boom just do it if i need to do something i can do it if i want to go travel i can do it if i want to get a new car i can do it 
But everybody on this, you you don't have to have a million dollars to have a great life. Exactly. <laughs> you know those are those are not mutually exclusive. Like right. You can you can make. You don't have to be like the most famous person in the world, yes. and 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 everybody knows who you are. That. To have a nice life. Yeah, we both agree on that. That's yeah, not absolutely. something we will. We will. I don't want to be a. a I think a I still think this is weird. Yeah, when people are like listening to this podcast to to get through through the day. I couldn't. I, that's still I couldn't weird, manage you know? being not being not able to go in public and. Yeah, I know. I don't people know, just no. getting on my nerves all day. But yeah. I was saying that like, you don't have to be a millionaire. That's you do it. That's fine. Yeah. If you end up becoming a a millionaire, that's fine. Getting a billion dollars, like you said, it's gross. Yeah, it's you don't need what you. You don't need a. <laughs> need and a it's so dollars. rare because this is good vibes. I don't want to. Yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. so rare that somebody's making billions of dollars and not exploiting somebody. You know, like yeah. Apple, Chinese slave children make iPhones. Yeah, you know. So anybody who wants to talk about a, you know, oh my God, like uh, uh, oat this oat milk company, they're evil. Like they voted for this president or whatever it's like you're tweeting that from a phone that the hands of of child slaves made yeah. you know what i mean so any billion i mean jeff bezos has people working all through the day pissing at their stations it, it, you, billionaires exploit labor like yeah. that you in order for you to make those kind of profits somebody has to suffer yeah people that work at walmart are also subsidizing their income by being on welfare you work 40 hours a week at a company that's worth billions of dollars and you're on welfare. Yeah. Great. You know what I mean? Like, that's crazy. Like, I don't know any companies or people that are worth billions of dollars that don't exploit labor. Yeah. Except maybe Elon Musk, but I just don't look into what he's doing. I don't, he might be, whatever space materials he's using might be coming from some African mine somewhere. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so again, they teach work ethic, which I think is a very underrated quality to have absolutely maybe in a new generation coming up because I, I see somebody on twitter that go this is the fuck this job generation oh man <laughs> and i was like I god that is so true i always admire people who just are like oh there's other jobs out there i i've never quit a, i just never have had the confidence to be like there's just you can just leave this job and go apply to another job never I yeah. just never have been that confident. Yeah. I respect. I would never put confident. myself in that type of situation. Yeah, like myself I'll, into a I'll just be in the in between until I just apply to get another job. Yep. Uh, so yeah, so we all had our first jobs, and it taught us how to work and what you get for um, your work. Said uh, Sanger's Sanger's Mayor Thomas Moore. Moore. I think this will do them. Um, I think this will do that for them too, and also meet an immediate need. It's like grown-up chores. Yep. Hunter Wertman, the grocery store student manager, says he's already learned important life skills such as budgeting and making good spending choices based on what you've got, which I think is a super good thing to, to learn, a skill to learn. Yeah. And that will help you to work your way up in, in a company or when you go on to start your own company Broad and have skills. that skills. And this is college on a college this a campus. School. This is a high school. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, that's great. Um, yep. So, in addition to partnering with local food drives and other neighborhood um, initiatives, it, its founders hope that once the program hits the stri hit its stride, this Good Deed grocery store can serve as a pilot program for other small communities where food insecurity has become an all too common way of life. Um, so that was my good vibe story. Um, I like the story. Yes, to help. Uh, families that are in need out but also to teach these young 
these young up and coming minds and these these kids the value of work the value of work Absolutely. and having a steady good job making a decent pay Absolutely. and and living a good life i don't i don't see anything wrong with that you know and and i that's why i'm always i'm such an advocate for you know bringing trade schools back and an alternative education and and a lot of things because there's just so much shit that you learn in school that you that you don't need that yeah. is just to meet some curriculum that some a board of adults were like, we should be teaching kids this. And it just, yeah, like writing in cursive. It's so unnecessary. And it, it's starting to be phased out in a lot of, in a lot of oh, states sure. and stuff like that. But aside from that, like, I mean, even listen, if you want to become an architect or something like it, I understand that they're like geometry and, and trigonometry. These are things that are necessary in a way, but so is like, everyday economics like up at a a kid in high school should be learning how to balance a checkbook yep a kid in high school should be learning if i if i make this much a month and taxes are this much how much money do i have left of my money after i'm taxed at this percent rate and everything education yes these are financial literacy in general is something that kids should be learning in school i'm not saying take out trigonometry i'm just saying that that's as important as if you're not going to become some kind of physicist, I've never plotted a graph since the, my last Ever. day of, of, of 11th grade. Like I did not do that anymore. I've not picked up a TI 83 yeah. in my adult life. You just need, it just need more real world type of skills and education. Yeah. Instead of kids getting out and being lost like me for an, well, you know, not just saying just me in the example, but not learning stuff until, you almost 30 years old when it's like, damn, I could have. Yeah. Why didn't I know this 10 years ago? Why? Getting out, I, get fresh out of high school when you get into the real world and you got to deal with real problems. Yeah. Why am I just learning the difference between a, a, a conventional loan and an FHA yeah. loan when I'm at the table? By the side of my life away. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, Crazy, yeah, man. it's just, it's just a lot of shit wow. that, you know, um, if you aren't surrounded by people who specialize in these things, i.e. like your family members, which I'm yep. not blaming any family members, but there are some people who do have the advantage of, yeah. oh, we've been doing this for generations. Like we, you're, you come from a family of real estate agents or come from a family yeah. of wealth. So we know how to handle money and we know what it's like to, you know what, we know what loans are like and, you know, how to work the loan system and do just any, anything like that where you go, oh, you can just. There's ways to just make money available to you if you yeah. f- take or you can get a loan. You can get a loan and with no interest and no money down and, and get the house and then flip the house. All yep. these little ways yep. of making money that yep. absolutely should be made available to kids. Yep. Absolutely. A kid should know like, oh, you don't have to go to college. Like you can become an electrician and they make $70,000 a year out of the like off rip. Like, why is that not known to a, a kid that's 15 that? Like me, I'm the I'm the perfect example. Like I knew I didn't want to do anything specific. Like there's always they have you do all these vocational tests and all these things that go like, what is your career path? All I knew was I just want to make money. I want to make enough money to pay rent yeah. and go have fun. Yes. I have no desire. I don't want to save people's lives. I don't want to be a doctor. I don't want to be a police officer. I don't I don't have some like job that's I don't, I hate work. I don't yeah. want to work anywhere. Yeah. So does the job pay or not? Yep. Like, that's the only thing I care about. Fortunately, I was able to find that job through no 
no benefit of a, a teacher or a school or anything. I had some cool teachers in my life, but school did not put me on my career path at all. Got that right. It was just a, it was just a, it was just a, it was a stroke of dumb luck, really, where they just I, I met or my grandfather was like, here's a job. Yep. And this is how much the job pays. Is that cool? I'm like, oh, yeah, no, for sure. That's absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And the hours are flexible. Oh, OK, cool. No, I'm in. Yeah. You know, there was no. Oh, well, I, I get fulfilled every day. I wake up bored. I get up, I get in my job, my car, I'm tired, I go to work, and I'm bored for eight hours, and then I yep. come home. I hate my job. Not because it's my job, because I hate work. Yeah. So there is no job that I, that's out there, except this, honestly. I do enjoy podcasting, but this isn't a job, and it doesn't feel like a job. But there is no job that exists in the world, to my knowledge, that I would go, you know what? <laughs> I just, just, I don't even, this doesn't even feel like work. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm picking up boxes all day, but, you know, like, if we're having so much fun, this doesn't even feel like work, you know? Or like, you know, I'm, 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 I'm selling this all day. I'm selling cars, whatever the job. There's no job for me that's like, this doesn't even feel like work. I love this. It's like, yeah. no. When so, do I get to go home? Yeah. That's all. And when, when, is the, get, when, is, when do I get paid? Yes. And what time do I get off? Those are my two favorite days of work. <laughs> Payday and the end of the day. Yeah. Like, those, there's no other. There's no like, oh, man, I love Wednesdays because, you know, we get to do this at work. Or No, I hate being at work constantly. Yep. And again, it's not because of my specific job. It's any job. I think yeah. I get that from my mom. My mom is very much like, I think my mom, there's so many jobs my mom's wanted to love. And then you get you get to it. And I think when it comes down to it, she's just like, I just would rather be home. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's just, like, it's just, it. like, it's just, yeah. I don't, I thought I wanted to do this. I thought it sounded more fun than my last job. And then you get there and you're like, this is just a job. Yeah. Like every time you're like, oh, well, they do this over here. You get to carry a gun at this job. And then you get there and you're like, oh, this is just a job still, still yeah. you know. So you still got somebody telling you what to do. Yeah. So there is there is no there is no job for me. But I would have loved to known about some alternatives that didn't involve me going to college and you know you know taking out any kind of predatory loans yep. and you know, getting in debt and all these kind of things and then finding out a year into it like oh I don't want to do this yeah and I'm thirty thousand dollars in debt yep. this isn't my story luckily. But it is the story of a lot of fucking people yeah. that are they're, they're They were forty thousand dollars in debt. And then by the time they finished paying off their loans in 20 years, they paid off sixty thousand dollars in debt yeah. because the loans are so predatory and have so much interest and come at you so crazy, calling you all day and night and yeah. all this kind of stuff. And then by the time you're finally finished, you've paid, you know, twenty thousand dollars over the amount of money that you initially took out. It's like you owe how much and <laughs> you do what now? Like, <laughs> It's crazy how I hear like you went to school for what and you do what now? Like you don't even you don't you're not not even, even doing field. what you what? Not what? even you're not even in the field. That is crazy. We used to work at Abercrombie. Our manager of Abercrombie has a degree in like biomechanics or some crazy some something crazy like nuclear physics. <laughs> and he's the man he was the manager of an Abercrombie. And then not only not only that, but he got so brainwashed by the job that he was like, "Yeah, I think that I want to um Maybe go manage a store in Milan. I'm like, why you? Why why why'd you go to school for something so complicated? You could have just went to school for business management. <laughs> you learned so much unnecessary shit, and now you work Time. at a now you work at a mall. So it's just it's just I don't know, man. I, I'm not knocking college. I'm yeah, just yeah, saying yeah. kids should know every career path. You don't have possible. to go to college. You should know every career path available to you, and you should have. You should come out of high school with some practical knowledge yep. because a lot of kids, when this a rap at school, let me turn this music down. 
when it's a rap at school, when you turn 18, your parents are like, get the fuck out. Like that's my dad was like, you go look for a job today. Did you go look for a job today? Did you go look for a job? I got so sick of that shit. <laughs> when you get out of school and a lot of households, I was fortunate. Yeah. Me and my mom, me and my mom have always had a tight relationship. My mom was always like, I always was a person that was like, I don't want to pay rent. I just, I just don't, I, you know, and you also ruin my plans. But, um, I was like, I don't want to pay rent. Uh, I would have paid rent if we would have been roommates, but then yeah. you like had a kid and had this life changing <laughs> moment and everything. So then you had to like get a an apartment with the person that you got pregnant and ruined yeah. my stuff. So I was like, it's I not was like, well, it's not just a person. It's my girlfriend. I'm sorry. Yeah, she. I mean, but she is a person. Well, you said like, oh, there's a like. I don't well, know, I, don't I mean, mean listen, I don't know what you want me to say, man. I had plans, and you hey, guys man, well, ruined them. Hey, anyway, I'm gonna continue with my story. <laughs> get it? Yeah, Sophia's beautiful. She's a bit, you know, it was, it was all, it all worked out beautiful. <laughs> but I, I had plans, and my plans were put on hold. And my mom was like, okay, cool. We'll just stay here until you, you know, get ready to make your next move. Yeah, but that's not everybody doesn't have that luxury. Yeah. it's like, oh, you're 18. You need to go. Yeah, I don't, f- I don't take care. Yeah, of my adults. dad didn't do that to me either. I, he. It's like after high school, my dad was like, you know, all right, this is, I've been your age. Uh-huh. Go ahead and do. Figure it out. Whatever you want to do. Yeah, yeah that's beautiful. Get off after high school, go ahead and, and then, mess and that's And it's sad that that's like, that's a that's a privilege. Yeah, some like people that, like, yeah, I had to get out. I was like, that, yeah, like, what? That's a privilege. Not everybody gets to be like, oh, I'm my parents just gave me a grace period to kind of figure shit out. Yeah. Like, I'm just, I'm just figuring out what I want. It's like, no, no. Uh, some families are like. You need to. I don't know what it is you're gonna do, yeah. but you're not gonna do it here. Yeah. You have six months, and in that six months, That's I mean, crazy. like, you need to find an apartment, and you know. So, uh, but I don't know how to run. How do you figure out what your credit score is? Yeah, I don't. You got to figure that out. The school didn't teach you that. No, I don't know if that would have been me. I know that. what John Adams did. It's like, okay, cool. Um, you need to go get a reference for an apartment. Yeah. Uh, what's that? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's just. It's crazy, bro. I just, I just think that edu- education, <laughs> education reform is crucial, man. Yeah. The day, the day, I, I mean, I did a little bit of research. What I said was anecdotal and it was kind of a joke, but no, seriously, like I wasn't fully, I wasn't fully cognitive of what an FHA loan was when I was signing those papers. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, like, I signed a 30 year fucking fixed rate loan. I don't, I didn't know what any of that was. Crazy. I now know more about it. But at the time, I didn't know that. And why wouldn't a school provide you with information that's like going to take up a thirty years of your life yeah. potentially? Like, or other ways to buy a house and not have to put money down. It's, all that stuff, people, kids should know, man. It's 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 crazy. Well, that's the thing is like they want to keep you dumb so they can get you locked into predatory loans. I mean, like, and I'm not that's saying true. the school system is in cahoots with that but they are at the very least complicit i mean if you're sending kids out into the world dumb and they're just like oh my god you can just get a loan to go to college like i mean it's not that hard to get a loan to go to college because they would love for to give you thirty thousand dollars so that they can get sixty thousand dollars from you like (laughs) oh yeah sure here's 30 and we'll get 60 back from you over the next 20 20 30 years that's fine that's no problem so if you aren't taught the taught to be leery of those things i mean you're setting yourself up for an incredibly dangerous situation yep. you know kids need to know how to function with credit anyway frank you got anything else before we get up out of here not today no all right well this has been another episode of affirmative murder i've been alvin williams joined as always by my partner in true crime franco evans and we'll see you guys next week deuces
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. <laughs> 